and we are on air for uh, Fan for Racing, NASCAR Race Review, and Hot Topic Sound Off. Now, we'll start the night with our review, and we'll be reviewing the three races from NASCAR at the Circuit of the Americas, and then we'll also review the ARCA West race at Irwindale Speedway this past weekend. We're going to start, though, with some short track news in the first half hour and then do our ARCA West review. Tanner Wright, by the way, was the winner of that race. He was our guest last week, and now he'll be back tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time to talk about his victory at Irwindale Speedway. Um, At 9 o'clock, though, we'll get into the NASCAR Truck Series and then the Xfinity Series at uh, the Circuit of the Americas. And then uh, our interview with Tanner will take place at 9.30. And at 9.45, we'll get into the Cup Series race review at Circuit of the Americas. 10 o'clock, of course, is our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off with our Fan for Racing crew. And joining me for tonight's review part of the show is our co-host, Sal Sagawa. Welcome to the show, Sal. Well, good evening, Sharon. Thank you. Okay. Uh, So we're going to get started, Sal, talking about some short track news here. Um, I know last Thursday we did talk a little bit about um, the Ellen Kowicki Driver Development Program and the fact that they have announced their finalists in that program. <clears throat> have you seen that news? Yes, actually, I've I seen some of it. I was, I was, I was going to try to get Dylan Zampa back on the show tonight, but then you'd already had your guest, and then by the time you had said that the guest wasn't coming, it was kind of a late, you know, it was too late to get a hold of him, you know, to, so he could talk about his, because this would have been his second, this is his second year being part of the, um, yes, uh, Dylan being part of the, yeah, being part of the, whatchamacallit, uh, Alan Kowicki. Uh, yes, the Alan Kowicki Driver Development Program, and we mentioned that he had been on the show before, we'll have to work on getting him back on, because with him already having one year under his belt and getting ready to go into his second uh, it gives him a chance to kind of talk a little bit about that program uh, with a little more knowledge about it. Yes, exactly. And then this way he can kind of give us a little, you know, rundown, you know, what you know, what kind of pressures he went through, you know, what he went through, you know, um, you know, just, I mean, the stuff he's doing for this, for this Alan Quincy thing, it's amazing. I mean, the only reason Fenhouse, and I still say he won it last year was because he, he did get that one win at Slinger, you know, which, which gave him the ride in the SRX. But without that win, I think Dylan Zampa did, a, a, you know, off the track. Of course, you know, on the track is one thing. But off the track, Dylan Zampa, even in the off season, not being part of the Kawiki thing, is still uh, – we're still doing a lot of stuff for the, for the program. But it, it's, an, it's an excellent program. So we need to get, we need to get somebody on for the program you know, to talk about. Mm, that's a good point. If I can't, if we can't get Dylan, maybe we can get uh, somebody who uh, manages the program. Um, <clears throat> now, Tyler Reddick and Corey LaJoy are going to join the Granite State Post Series Series at Lee, USA. 
in July, they're going to compete for $10,000 to win that event. So we're seeing a lot more of the, the uh, drivers that are racing in the uh, short tracks around the country. Yes, we are. And it's, and it's some good racing. I mean, you know, <clears throat> you know, I, I encourage, you know, a lot of, you know, if you really want to see some good racing, you know, to, to get the, to get the flow for one month, you know, flow racing, mm-hmm. because flow racing is starting to cover a lot of short tracks. They're adding every week, they're adding tracks to their schedule and, and, and just, just, just get it. Just get it for a month. And, I, you know, I'm surprised Flo hasn't done, a like, a trial thing, you know, like a one-week or two-week or even a one-month trial. Yeah, really. You know, you yeah, know, that would you know be to a pull good people idea. in. It would. Yes. Once again, because of, because it's part of NASCAR, you know what, they, they're only looking at, you know, if you want to see it, you have to pay for it. But, I mean, if you really want to get a lot of people in, give them a, give them a free month. And I guarantee you, those people mm-hmm. will get hooked, and, and they will sell a lot of subscriptions. Yes, I, I totally agree with you. Another thing is having the monthly payment versus paying for the whole year at once. Yeah, you know, exactly. You know, it, there, there. I mean, that there, there's a lot of, uh, you know, that there's a lot of avenues. You know, that NASCAR could take. You know, to reel the fans in. But, you know, like I, like yep. we, you know, we, you know, I said, you know, I mean, I've, I've been to a lot of short tracks. I see short track racing every weekend. And I'll, I'll tell you, man, Sharon, oh, you no. yourself know. It's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. You yourself know. Uh, remember, remember Johnny Sauter from the Camping World Truck Series? Yeah. He's still going to race on a part-time basis this year, but uh, he's also racing on, on some short tracks around the country, and he's uh, getting his kids involved in bandoleros. So there's a nice article about Johnny Sauter uh, driving his iconic number five uh, in some of the races in the super late model events across the Midwest. So uh, he's working with uh, Richie Waters Motorsport uh, at the Georgia Spring Nationals on Saturday night. Uh, they needed a driver, and Sauter was available. So that was kind of cool uh, to see Johnny Sauter out there on the racetrack. You know, and, and when you talk about Richie Waters Motorsports, they're they're big. They're a they're a big organization when it comes to yes, short track racing. Me, remember we used to have Dalton Sargent on, and Dalton was yes. ran with the Richie Waters with the Richie Waters on program, where while he was doing all of his um, short track all his short track racing. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so it's it's a big organization. And uh, to see Johnny Sauter uh, enjoying the short track racing uh, and racing with his family is really kind of a cool thing. Um, so also today it was announced that uh, um, David Gilliland Racing is scaling back. Uh, they're going to field two full-time and one part-time entry for the remainder of this season. Uh, they're hoping to focus their resources to get better results. So I think that's going to be a good thing too. Yeah, it is. And, and you know, uh, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I, 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 I missed that. Cause I, I was like, I told you earlier, I was traveling out here to Phoenix for work, yes. but, um, you know, uh, you know, that's, wow. I, I'm have to, I'm gonna have to catch up on that and maybe talk, maybe talk to David and see what's, you know, um, 
you know, what this, what, what exactly are they scaling back on? Yeah, well, they've got two full-time, they had three-time full-time entries, and Ross Chastain, remember, was driving that number 92 for them. And what they're going to do is they're going to scale back to a part-time entry uh, for one of their cars. And that part-time entry, uh, they're probably going to rotate some of the drivers, Mason Massey, Alex LeBay, and Kyle Weatherman, along with Preston Pardis, will remain with the organization organization in some capacity. So that's DGM. Is that that's David Gilliland, right? No, no. D, David Gilliland is, is uh, DGR. Oh, okay. This is DGM racing then. Yeah, no. It's, I was surprised because with the money that they have, uh, with the money that David Gilliland has, you know, with the with the Gray family. The Gray family is worth mm-hmm. in the billions of dollars, and basically Johnny Gray and David Gilliland are are Johnny's like a silent partner with with David, but he's the one funding everything for David. So that's why I said it. It, it kind of, you know, for David to scale back. As a matter of fact, David's going to be expanding next year, and it looks like they might oh, be expanding yeah. into the. They're trying to expand into the Cup Series because I know Todd. Todd is about ready to get up there. Okay. That was my mistake. And when I read it, I saw DG and I thought David Gilliland right away. Um, So it's DGM. It's not David Gilliland racing. Okay. Um, So uh, All American Speedway is going to join Flow Racing's growing schedule. Did you know that, Sal? That who, who's, who's joining Flow Racing? All American Speedway. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I the talked quarter to mile Blakesby over the weekend. Third yeah, mile. I talked to Stephen yeah. Blakesby over the weekend. He was he was saying that um that uh um that um the weekly uh, touring. Yeah, that Flow's going to be coming out doing the doing the weekly the weekly thing. So, see, that's what I was saying you know, about about Flow Racing. You know, they're going to you know keep an eye on them, you know because they're going to start um uh. You know they're going to start, uh, you know, expanding into more into more tracks, and that's why we had Tommy Mason on that night. I told Tommy Mason, I said, I said, I wouldn't doubt it if pretty soon, you know, a flow racing ends up buying, you know, right, you know, low budget TV, you know, make and like Tommy said, if he makes me a good offer, and, you know, I can go into retirement, you know, heck, I'll do it. <laughs> but um, yeah, they're, why they're, not? They're, they're probably the next biggest. The next biggest um, uh, video video company out there, you know, small video company that Flow Racing hasn't bought yet. So um, they're uh, you know they're buying they're buying everything up. They're they're going to basically monopolize yep. all of short track racing. If you want to see anything, if you're not at the track, then you're going to have to you're going to have to pay the you have to pay the piper. Yeah, we had Brandon Paul on uh, at. Uh, on Thursday night uh, earlier this month. And Brandon Paul uh, is the guy who does uh, at-the-track pit reporting, but he also manages all the content. He's a content manager at Flow Racing. And there's some great articles up over there. The track file, Getting to Know California's Irwindale Speedway. Uh, That was a great article uh, heading into the Arkham Menard Series West. It kind of gave all the details of uh, 
of the track and uh, who previous winners were at the track and everything else. So uh, I really like the, the uh, articles that they're putting up at Flow Racing in addition to, you know, being able to watch the replays and everything else. See, you know what, what, a, lot of, what a lot of people don't realize is that um, uh, Brandon Paul was the one that was running all this stuff for Speed 51 back when um, – Yes, when, uh, that's right. When, what's his name? Gosh, I ain't forgot. Bob Dillner was running it. Bob Brandon Dillner. Paul's the one that was, yeah, Brandon Paul's running everything for Bob Dillner back then. Right. Well, now he's over at Flow Racing, and he's, te- he's yeah. the content manager over there, which is really kind of cool. So he's he's doing a really good job over there. Um and they're talking about there's a, lot, flow. there's a lot of people over there that we've had on our show before, Sharon. I don't know if you remember Chet Christner from Houston. He was the track announcer at the Bull Ring about five, six years ago. And we had him mm-hmm. on the show because he had that story where where he got the he got the announcing gig at the Bull Ring because him and his friend made a bet that he could do announcing, so they let him announce one race on a Saturday. And he did so good that they mm-hmm. hired him on full-time, and he did, like, I don't know, like 10 seasons. But he's with Flow Racing. Wow. I've seen him at Arundale. I've seen him at Arundale on Saturday, too, and he's with Flow Racing. Okay, so that's pretty cool, too. So, yeah, um, they've gotten big. There's a lot of people that They're also going to be uh, showing – they've got the 2022 Castro Flow Racing Night in America race at Eldora Speedway on the dirt. Uh, everybody loves Eldora. So there's, there's some information here about that as well. They call it the Big E, the house that Earl built. Uh, and the event schedule is not currently available for late models, modifieds, and Eldora stocks, but it will be coming uh, soon. But it's nice to know that Flow Racing is going to be there uh, for all those events. Yeah, they're 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 like I, like I you know mentioned earlier, you know they're getting around. They're, they're gonna they're gonna basically they're gonna monopolize all of like they did NASCAR. They're gonna mon- an ARCA series now. You know they're gonna they're gonna monopolize this the short tracks. Mm-hmm. Yep, they are. They're gonna have uh, quite a few. And uh, I think it's going to be awesome. Um, so, Ty, uh let's go ahead and move to the ARCA race because uh, that was a really good race. Um, it was a big night for Tanner Rife. We had him on the show last Monday night. He went to Irwindale and ended up winning the race. He not only won the race, but he won the pole too, Sal. Uh, and uh, it was a pretty dominant day for him. Oh yeah, he 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 ran a he ran a beautiful race. I'll tell you, um, it was picture perfect. Um, you know, he didn't make any mistakes. You know, I talked to him, of course, before and I talked to him after. You know, and then I talked to a spotter too, which is David Cooley, who was also the spotter for Derek Thorne. And I asked right. both of them, I go, how'd you manage to keep him so calm with those last three restarts? Because he was going up against some heavy hitters on those restarts. You know, one of them mm-hmm. was just was his teammate Jay Crew who almost won the championship last year. But not only that he was going right. up against Trevor Huddleston who's the winningest driver at Irwindale. 
you know, exactly. he went up against him on the restarts, and um, you know, and he and he was uh, victorious over that. But he, I'll tell you, he ran but a what's really amazing, good race. This is only his second start in the Arco West, and he's able to come up with this victory. So that's pretty fantastic. He's just 16 years old, and uh, he's from Las Vegas and uh, doing really well. Yeah, he is. And, you know, and then, you know, like when we talked to him, you know, he, he also runs the um, the Pro League division in the SRL, the Spears SRL Tour. Yes. He also runs the, um, you know, the uh, the, the Pro League division in that, too. So, uh, you know, he's he's getting a seat time, you know what, at uh I'll tell you, Bob Bob's team um, with the with the crew chief Jeff Schrader, they they put a really good program together for for Irondale, you know, and they came out swinging and uh, you know, they came out and hit a home run. Yep, the margin of victory was like one point four nine four seconds. Uh, Tanner Reif was in first place, uh, rookie. Like I say, just a second start. Then it was Cole Moore. Uh, in second place, he drove the number 99. Uh, Austin Hertzog, another um, uh, rookie, finished in third place. Then it was Jake Drew in fourth. And Paul Pedrin Sally Jr. rounding out the top five. So Trevor must have really dropped because he ended up in sixth place on that restart. Oh, yeah. I mean, if, 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 if you go back and see the, and see the replay, you'll, you'll see what happened, you know, when, you know, during the restart, you know, Trevor kind of came, <clears throat> I think he spun his tires and, and then he, he came down and he ended up, he ended up hitting Jake Drew in the, on the right side door and um, kind of mm-hmm. slowed everybody that was in the front of the pack, slowed them down. That's how Cole Moore and um, uh, Austin Herzog were able to, you know, to get around them so quick. But um, it mm-hmm. was, I'll tell you, it was it was one heck of a it was one heck of one, a, heck, of a one heck of a finish. Oh yeah, one heck of a finish. Well, I mean, you know, but you know, he, he deserved it. Maybe he, right for those that maybe haven't seen the race yet, it will be broadcast on USA this Friday, April the first, at one p.m. Eastern time. So you'll be able to uh, set your your DVRs and watch that race. It's it's a good one, um, and uh, it it was really good for Tanner Rice, uh, who pretty much dominated the day. Uh, the next time the West races is Saturday, April the twenty third at Kern County. Uh, it'll be the Kern County one fifty at Kern County Raceway Park in Bakersfield, and it will be streamed live on Flow Racing. So, to round out the top ten, it was uh, Trevor Huddleston, Takuma Koga, Sebastian Arias, Todd Souza, and Joey East, uh, the the next five drivers to round out that top ten. So, uh, uh, he was a tough competitor. Yeah, he was. I mean, you know what? And here, did I mean there was there was you know times you know when some of the you know when he got contested, but not very much. He would get contested, you know, that he would just you know that he would um he would pull away. So, I mean, it, it wasn't you know it wasn't a race you know where you could say you know yeah he was he was a, he was a dominant car you know but but he he was contested a couple of times you know for the lead, and uh, he just kept his cool you know did what he had to do you know and um. You know, and ended up um, uh, coming out on top. 
Well, after two races in the Arco West, uh, the points are really tight in that top ten. Do you want to or top uh, five anyway? Do you, do you want to go over the points report, Chad? Yeah. Sal? Yeah, I got them right here. So um, okay. Uh, still leading the points is is, is Jake Drew. Um, and then three points behind him is Tanner Reef, Tanner Tanner Rife, who uh, you know who's got who's who's uh, got the win. Um, third sitting in third place is Cole Moore, who who is uh, who's also a past um, SRL Southwest Tour champion. Cole Moore is. Mm-hmm. And then fourth is Austin Herzog, who's driving the number 16 for Bill McNally Racing. Fifth is Todd Sousa. Sixth is uh, Paul uh, Paul Petra Paul Petra. Sally Jr. Seventh is Joey East, and eighth is Takuma Koga. Gosh, I mean, it's good to see him How in the top that? ten. Uh, the last few <laughs> years, I mean, he just has just just struggled and struggled. And you know, he makes a trip from Japan to come and race yes. in the series, and he leaves because he has to be back on Sunday or Monday, whatever. I don't know what the how the time change works, but um, after the race the next morning or sometimes even after the race that night, he's on a plane back to Japan, you know, to take care it's of his, um, all, all his commitments over there. But, yeah, he flies back and forth. And then ninth is the well, Colombian um, Sebastian. Flair because huh? Sebastian Arias is from Spain and Bridget Burgess is from Britain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it was, um, uh, I'll tell you, they, um, you know, and actually, yeah, those are the top ten. Other than that, um, Paul Pedroselli Sr., who's also run, ran, well, he didn't make the show. Uh, something happened to his car. And then, um, and then uh, Chris Loudon, 13th. You, you have to give him a mention, you know, since he's he's ran both mm-hmm. races. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Chris Loudon finished, uh, you know, I don't know where he finished in the race, but he's um, he's 13th in points. And as, a, as the weeks go on, he'll he'll start to move up, you know, into the exactly. you know, into the upper bracket because Taylor Gray probably won't, I don't know if we'll see him, might see him at Sonoma. Sammy Smith, we won't see Sammy Smith for sure until the last, uh, until the last um, race at Phoenix again. And that's probably when we'll see Taylor Gray again would we'll be at the last race at Phoenix. Right. As you know, the drivers kind of, race across the all three series, including the Suit Chief Showdown. Uh, the next race for the West, as I mentioned, won't be until April the 23rd. So we've got a ways to go before they're racing at Kern County Raceway. Uh, the next race, that's actually the next race, uh, because that is another joint race with the Arkham Menard Series. So um, I'm sorry, no, it's not. The Arkham Menard Series is racing the same day, but they will be racing at Talladega Super Speedway for the General Tire 200, and that will be broadcast on Fox Sports 1. The Arca East will be racing on April the 29th at Dover Motor Speedway, uh, and that will be live-streamed on Flow Racing. The next race for the Sioux Chief Showdown will be June the 11th, the Iowa 150 at Iowa Speedway will be televised on MAV TV. So a lot of racing coming up. We're going to have to wait for it, though, because uh, we've got about a month or so uh, before these guys will be back on track. Yeah. 
Yep, it'll be a while before they're back, but uh, I'll tell you, it's going to be, uh, you know, it's, it's shaping up to be a good season. Um, it is. You know, it, I'm just, you know, I guess you, guess you kind of say I'm just, I'm just going to leave it at that, you know. But um, it, it's shaping up to be a really good season, you know. Um, Portland, of course, Portland being the road, being a road course in Sonoma, going back to back road courses is going to be tough. You know, both drivers. Yeah. Um, Sonoma even more because Sonoma will probably have a lot of truck drivers because it's the first year that trucks will be back at Sonoma on the road course. So I'm sure a lot of the truck drivers are going to want to race in the the Canon, well, the Canon, the Arca, the Arca Menards West Series, you know, to get some seat time, you know, and a little bit more experience on the, um, on the, uh, uh, road course. Yeah, on the road course. Yeah, that race, I'm trying to see when that race is coming up. Sonoma Raceway will be on June the 11th, uh, the same day as what they're racing at Iowa for the Arkham Menard Series uh, for that Sioux Chief Showdown. So um, that's going to be a big day because you're going to have the Arca West at Sonoma <laughs> and you're going to have the Arkham Menard Series over at uh, uh, Iowa Speedway. So. Uh, a lot of really good racing that weekend of June the 11th. But they've got Portland in between. Uh, then they're back at Irwindale on July the 2nd, Evergreen on August the 20th, Portland again on September the 3rd, All-American Speedway October 1st, the Bull Ring at Las Vegas Motor Speedway on October the 14th, and then Phoenix Raceway, the season finale on November the 5th. So for this for this Arco West, that's what, two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven races for the Arco West. Yep, eleven big races and uh you know, points are points are close right now. They might get closer, they might spread out. We'll just, we'll see what happens as, as the weeks um you know, as the weeks go on, you know, and they and they get to, you know, their you know, all the different tracks, you know, they still have uh I think they still have one more race at yeah, they have one more race at Irondale on July the second, which will be our um, our Fourth of July uh, fireworks and, and um, yes. it'll be the fireworks and the uh, the night uh, uh, of destruction. Right. Okay. Now uh, for the Arca East series, they've already raced it in Smyrna Speedway and Five Flag Speedway, so they too have two races. Uh, under their belt, Sammy Smith won at New Smyrna. Then uh, it was Sammy Smith winning again at the at Five Flag Speedway. Um, but still on their schedule of only seven races, they only have five races left. They'll be racing the Dover 125 at Dover on April the 29th, as we mentioned earlier. On May 7th, they'll be at Nashville Fairground Speedway. June 11th, Iowa Speedway, uh, August 28th, the Milwaukee Mile, and then September 15th is their season finale at Bristol Motor Speedway. So uh, that's going to be uh, kind of a condensed schedule, if you will, <clears throat> compared to what they're doing out there in the West. Yeah, this week we, got, we got some good um... – yeah, I'm here, Sharon. I'm sorry. I'm trying to uh, wrap up some things from 
from the trip earlier. So. Oh, okay, that's gotta fine. Got to stay caught up with you. You're uh, fast. You're lightning fast today. Um, lightning fast today. Well, just real yeah. quick, there's 20 races for the Arkham Menard Series. Their next race, as I mentioned, is going to be at Talladega on the 23rd in May. They're racing at Kansas Speedway and Charlotte Motor Speedway in June at Iowa Speedway and Berlin Speedway as well as Elko Speedway. In July, they'll be racing the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course, the Pocono Raceway, Lucas Oil, uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park. In August, they'll be at Michigan, Watkins Glen, the Illinois State Fairground, and the Milwaukee Mile. September, their uh, races will be at DeCoin State Fairground, Kansas Speedway, Bristol Motor Speedway, and in October, they'll be racing at Salem Speedway, and Toledo will be their season finale. So uh, really interesting, uh, all the different tracks at this Arkham Menard Series uh, in the east and the west all race out throughout the country. It's pretty amazing. Yes. Yes, yes, it is. Like I said, we only get we only get the um, wow. I thought the I guess they're not finishing at dark dark of Menards isn't finishing at um, the championship races in at uh, Phoenix this year, huh? No, no. In fact, it looks like it's at Toledo. Toledo yes, Speedway it's at Toledo. Race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's very interesting uh, that they're not going back there. But the West, is the West going back there? Oh, yeah, yeah, the West is. Because remember we were talking earlier and I said, I said the West will be back at, um, the West will be back at, uh, the West will be back at, um, at Phoenix, yeah. Yeah, for November 5th for their finale. Yeah. Okay. So basically the West went back, they went back to their old schedule with the starting at Phoenix and ending at Phoenix. Right. Let's go ahead and move on to the Truck Series race at the Circuit of the Americas, Val, because, uh, wow, was that all, – all of these races are exciting to watch. Uh, but Zane Smith, Zane Smith grabbed his second Truck Series win of the season. Uh, he was – he Zane Smith was out front when it paid off on Saturday afternoon. He led only 11 of 46 laps, but he did win stage one and stage two, and then he took the race lead again with two laps left in the second overtime period to earn the victory uh, on uh, Saturday afternoon. Uh, he won the race. It's the first uh, at Coda, the second of the year, and the fifth of his career. He got the lead with two laps, a second attempt at a green-white checkered in overtime. Kyle Busch led at the restart, but that three-wide challenge for the lead uh, from Stuart Friesen and Alex Bowman caused the three to make contact. And St. Smith just drove right past them uh, to the lead. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek finished in second. He was followed by the 51 of... Um, Kyle Busch, the 99 of Ben Rhodes, Chandler Smith, Christian Eckes, Tyler Ankrum, Carson Hosevar, Stuart Friesen, and Grant Infinger were the top ten. 
Sheldon Creed was the pole sitter. He had a rough go of things after winning the pole. The team had to change the fuel pump, dropping them to the rear at the start. He then had a transmission issue, just one lap into the race, and he ended up finishing in 36th place. Uh, There were 10 lead changes among six drivers, eight cautions and 12 yellow flag laps. Uh, The average speed of the race was 64.908 miles per hour. Um, This was his uh, Zane Smith's victory in 50 truck series starts. Um, And uh, John Hunter Nemechek posted his first top 10 finish in two races at that track. It was his first top 10 of this season. Cal Bush, Bush in third, posting his first top 10 finish in the series debut at Circuit of the Americas. Lawless Allen, who finished 11th, was the highest finishing rookie of the race. So um, your thoughts about those top 10 drivers in Lawless Allen, the highest rookie? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a good it was, I'll tell you, it was one heck of a finish. Man, when they, when they went through there and, and Bowman was caught on the outside, you know, and, and then they went three mm-hmm. wide. And and I, and I just thought, man, you know what? It, it's not bad enough that, that Kyle Busch was upset with Bowman last week. Now he's going to be even more upset with them. And I don't know what he's going to call him. But he didn't know. say anything. <laughs> yeah, he did. He had a really good interview. And I think he just looked at the whole situation. You know what? And I mean, it was it was it's road course racing. It's not an oval, so I mean, you know, everybody right. got in there, you know, stuck in there. But I mean, you know, he still got the third place finish, you know, after being pushed all the way out. Um, yeah, Bowman you know, ended up twenty fifth, while Kyle Busch still yeah. ended up with the third place finish. Well, well, he got wrecked. He got hit after that. Yeah. So his car was his truck was pretty uh, was pretty banged up, but um. And actually, they talked to Bowman before the race, and he said that his only prerogative to go down there was just to learn, just to learn the track. You know, I don't even think he expected to, you know, be one of the, you know, one of mm-hmm. the, uh, one of the front runners. And I know they also had Stuart Friesen and and Carson Hosovar, you know, as as two other drivers, you know, that they could possibly win this thing. Yep. It was really amazing. I almost took Zane Smith, too, and then I, I opted for Paz Crowell, who really had kind of a rough day. Uh, he did race up through the field, and Paz Crowell ended up in 14th place. Uh, and he was up in the top 10 a few times, but he kind of got shuffled back. Um, it was a pretty amazing race. Actually, the margin of victory was 3.529 seconds. Uh, between Zane Smith and second-place driver John Hunter Nemechek. Uh, so that was quite a margin of victory after everything was said and done. Yeah, I think it would have been hard to pick a, you know, to pick a driver for this, you know, for this road course. You know, you almost, which I'm sure, almost everybody did, you know, went with Kyle Busch, you know, because, you know, he is, you know, he knows how to have these trucks. But, man, Zane Smith should have pulled off a, should have pulled off a shocker. Yes, <laughs> he did, and it it was. He's having a really good year, and I'm very happy for him. You know, all things oh, yeah. considered, yeah, I'm real happy for Zane Smith. Uh, I knew he was a talented guy, 
Uh, but his talent is really, it's like they say cream rises to the top. Uh, he's really rising to the top in good shape. Uh, do you want to cover the uh, points report, Sal? Yeah, the, the points report is right now we got Chandler Smith uh, still leading the points, um, Ben Rose in second, Stuart Friesen in third, and uh, Zane Smith is uh, making his way up there. He's got two wins. He leads the series with two wins. Um, uh, Tanner Gray sitting in fifth. Actually, Tanner Gray rounds out the top five, and then from there, then we go to Christian Eckes, who is silent, Tyler Jeske, who is silent, John Hunter Imachek is still making a lot of noise and, uh, you know, looking, you know, hopefully that, you know, to get into the playoffs, you know, and, and win the championship that eluded them last year. And then Tyler Ingram mm-hmm. ninth and Derek Krause cracked the top ten. How about it? <laughs> that yeah. was pretty good. He, he, yeah. He, uh, he's looking pretty good in the series point standing, so he's above the cut line right now. Yeah. He cracked the top ten. Wow, I didn't even know he did until right now when I seen it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of fun to watch. Uh, there's 18 drivers that have raced all – well, actually, it's more than that. 20. 20 drivers. 22. 23. 24 drivers that I see here uh, that have raced all four races of the season so far. Um Zane Smith has the most playoff points with his two wins. That really gives him a big boost. Yeah, it does. He's, uh, um, you know, he's already got two wins on his belt, so he's already he's already notched his ticket into the into the first round of the playoffs. But the, mm-hmm. the two wins. Yeah, he's already. Now it's, yeah, now it's time to just start working on. Well, of course, wins, but then you want to work on playoff points. You know, so when you get mm-hmm. into the playoffs, you know, you you know you have those you know, you have you have a good padding. You know, yeah, so you have bad. a bad race, you know, you, yeah, at least you still got exactly. the points to uh you know, to, to keep you um to keep you in the hunt. exactly right. So uh I we're a little bit ahead of schedule, but I'm gonna say that's okay because uh that way we can get into the Xfinity series and uh lead up to um, what we can do, uh, I mean, to lead into our guest that's going to be on the show. Okay. So uh, I'm going to go to the Xfinity Series now and pull up that pack. Uh, let me... I'm going to get to my page, so bear with me here for just a minute. Okay, <clears throat> we're going to go to the Xfinity Series now and their race at uh, Coda, uh, at the uh, Pit Boss 250 that they also ran on Saturday. It was a double-header uh, day with both the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series racing. A.J. Allmendinger not only wins at Coda, but he extends the series record on road courses. He was really fast and agile when he needed to be a Saturday afternoon, uh, negotiating the famed Circuit of the Americas and reminding the field of why he's considered one of NASCAR's road course superstars. Uh, 
For the seventh time in his Xfinity Series career, A.J. Allmendinger won on a road course. The victory extends his series record for the most wins on a road course in the series history. Austin Hill was the highest finishing rookie in second. His third top two finish in six races this season. Polk Custer rebounded to finish third after a speeding penalty on pit road. Junior motorsports drivers uh, Noah Gregson and Sam Mayer rounded out the top five. Uh, Maya Snyder earned his best finish of the season in sixth. Brett Moffat, Jay Buford, Miguel Peruto, and Sheldon Creed made up the rest of the top ten. Now, Almondinger and Mayer won the first two stages, and both of those drivers, um, Hill and Gregson, will compete for the 100000 dash for cash bonus next weekend at Richmond. So um, uh, so it's Almondinger, Sam Mayer, Austin Hill, and Noah Gregson competing for that $100,000 bonus. There were eight lead changes among five drivers and four cautions for eight yellow flag caution laps. That's kind of amazing. The average speed of the race was 70.640 miles per hour. Almondinger uh, got his 11th victory in 66 Xfinity Series starts. Um, <clears throat> Austin Hill posted his first top 10 finish in one race at Circuit of the Americas, and it's his third top 10 this year. Cole Pester posted his second top 10 finish in two races at Coda. And Austin Hill, as we mentioned earlier, is the highest finishing rookie of the race. Your thoughts about that top ten? It was a, it was an it was an exciting race. You know, I went back and I, you know, and I, I watched some of the. Uh, I went and watched some of the right. you know the highlights. You know, when I got back from Murdoch on Saturday, you know, to see what what went on. And um, I'll tell you. Um, AJ Allmendinger for years, you know, they've always talked, you know, about, you know, how, how good he is on, you know, on these road courses, you know, and, you know, once again, you know, he proved it, you know, on, um, especially on this one, because this one is, man, it seemed like the, the lap would just take forever. I'm like, gosh, when's this, <laughs> you know, especially when the cautions <laughs> came out and they bunched well, the film up and I'm trying to get ready to, yeah, I'm getting ready to go run that things to do. And I'm like, man, shoot, I'm, are they ever going to come back around? And finally they got around. But you know what? Austin Hill, he is having one heck of a season. He you know, is. Uh, another, another second-place finish, and, and, and he's a rookie at that. Yes. You know, he's yeah, a rookie. The margin and, I mean, of he is having... was 2.39 seconds. So on a road course, that doesn't seem seems like a lot, but it's really not when you're talking about that road course racing. Yeah, he just really um, he just really is having an excellent season. I mean, it don't matter what track he gets on, you know, he's just he's he's a he's a threat. He's, he's a on threat fire. To win. Yeah, he is every race. So it, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I watched all three races this weekend, and uh, you're right. A.J. Allmendinger really uh, was the star of that show. Uh, he led most of the day. Um, there were lead changes, though. Not a lot, but there were a few lead changes. 
Uh, some of the other people that led uh, throughout that race were Ross Castain, Ty Gibbs, Sam Mayer, Justin Algauer, and Almendinger, pretty much otherwise. <laughs> so uh, there weren't a lot of lead changes uh, because Almendinger was just that good uh, in the Xfinity race on Saturday. Uh, what about the points report here, Sal? You want to cover that? Yeah, the points report is, uh, let me see, here we are. I just had it up, and then I went to go check something else real quick. Okay, so our driver points for after Coda, after the first six races of the season, Noah Gregson took over the top spot. How about it? And, uh, and the points, yeah. <laughs> and um, second is all AJ Almendinger. Third is Ty Gibbs. By one point. Yeah, by one. Yeah, exactly by one point. And uh, third is Ty Gibbs. Fourth is Justin Allgaier. Um, fifth, Josh Josh Berry. And Austin Hill, the rookie, is the highest. So far, he's the highest rookie, but he's sitting in sixth sixth place. And then from there, then we go down to uh, to Brandon Jones, Daniel Hamrick, Sam Meyer, Ryan Sieg. Sheldon Creed and Riley Herbst is still hold on to that to that last uh to that twelfth spot for the for the chase. So we got yeah. two rookies in the um in the top twelve right now. We got uh Austin Hill who's having a really good season. Already already has one race win. And then we have Sheldon Creed who's sitting in eleventh place. And uh you know, he's still you know, see what happens. He he can still do he could still do it. Ty Gibbs has the most playoff still, points at 10. Yeah, and he has the most race wins, yeah. too, at that, too. Exactly. So, He's uh, got the two race wins. That makes a huge difference with those playoff points. Yeah, it's, it's, it's routing out to be a good season for uh, for Noah this year. He's um, seems like he's on point, you know, in all his racing, you know, and, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what, what happened during the off season, you know, that, you know, he came out, you know, be more, to be more patient, you know what, and, you know, and, uh, you know, pick and choose his battles right on the track, you know, that's why I think he's having these good, um, these good finishes. Mm-hmm. He definitely is. Um, uh, Noah Gregson is having a fairly decent year as well to be on top of the series point standings. Uh, but, uh, uh, it is it is pretty thin, really. It's between AJ Allmendinger and Noah Gregson for that top spot. Yes, exactly. They're they're going to go. They're going to fight tooth and nail. You know, AJ ain't going to give up. He's a veteran, and Noah's right. kind of. I guess. I guess you call him a mini veteran or veteran, because <laughs> you know he's already you know was his third he's, third year in the season, third year in the series. Right. He's in his. You know, he's a junior I, now. Yeah, and, and AJ, he's been in every series, and he's got a lot of seat time. He's raced a lot of races, and he's seen a lot of things, and been part of a lot of things. And you know, you just kind of wonder, you know, uh, you know what the what the future holds for him. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, in the Xfinity series, I wanted to look here at some of the 
We talked about DGM racing, convincing to the two full-time teams. Uh, instead of three full-time teams, I'll have one part-time team. Um, and uh, what other? Twin Liquors sponsoring Ryan Vargas. We had Ryan Vargas on the show last Thursday night. Uh, he gave us a great interview going into Circuit of the Americas. And uh, if you haven't heard that, you might want to go back and listen uh, to that because that was a fun interview. So oh, we did noise. see Ross Chast- Pardon me? That noise is like a popping noise. What what noise is that? It sounds like a popping noise, like 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 when you pop a you know a, a, a bottle cap off a soda. Oh, really? And it makes that pink, 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 like that. Yeah. I I didn't hear it. It might have been my finger on the screen. I don't know. Uh, Rodney Carruth is going to make his Xfinity Series debut at Richmond Raceway uh, this coming weekend, Sal. So that's going to be fun to see. Yeah, you know, I read something about that earlier, earlier, uh, earlier in the weekend. You know, he was going to be making that. That's neat. That's, um, you know, you know, another one from the um, from the Drive for Diversity Rev program. Racing. You know, who's getting his? Yeah, Rev Racing. You know, who's getting their shot you know, at the um, you know at the at the big time? Yeah, he's going to drive the number forty four car for Alpha Prime Racing. Uh, so watch for him. He'll be in the Toyota Care two fifty at Richmond Raceway on April the second. It's the first of several races that he signed up for for this season with Alpha Prime Racing. So, uh, and it will be his debut in the uh, NASCAR Xfinity Series. So he used to say an Arkansas. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, you know what, all weekend at Erndale, I kept saying K&N, and it's funny because when they did the hat dance, they had a K&N hat. Mm-hmm. Oh, they did yeah, they they, I think they uh, one still of the cats. Yeah, but it's just they want everybody to know that this is Arca that's racing now. So, uh, so Karuth is a sophomore at Winston Salem State University, where he's majoring in motorsports management. So I think we'll see Roger Karuth uh, within motorsports for quite a while if that's going to be his major. Okay, here we go. Okay, so um, let's, uh, let's see. We're winding down here a little bit. Let's see if there's any other Xfinity Series news. I think I went through all of the news there. Oh, plus we have as a yeah, the short track racing news. We forgot that uh, this weekend's our All Star Showdown at, at Oh, at it Kern. is at at Kern. Yeah. Like oh, the, yeah. So like let's, the, let's I think it's I think it's a, I think it's the sixth I think it's the sixth annual sixth sixth annual um, uh, uh, winter showdown that occurred this this, uh, this coming up weekend. Oh, okay. Yeah, that is awesome. Uh, how did we miss that, Sal? I'm usually right on top of that. 
I know. I was waiting for you to say something. And I thought, oh, she's probably going to say something at the end of the show. You know, like, you know, when you close out, you know, you say, you know, hey, you know, you know, you ask, you know, where, where are you going this weekend? Well, I'm going to the yeah, Are you going to be there but, this weekend? Yeah, I'll be there. I'm only doing Saturday, though. I'm not doing the Friday. Friday, they have the practice and all that. Right. I kind of stepped away from doing the Friday practice. It's, it's just too much. You know, and I got to drive with her, spend all day out on the track, get a room, sleep. Right. And get a Saturday morning, and then Saturday morning, they, they still have a practice. They still have a qualifying, you know, and they have the race, you know. And, and I just thought, you know, rather than they get out there, you know, and do all the, you know, the Friday stuff, you know, I'd rather just, just try to see if I can, because I, I can I can do the one the one day. I can drive up. It's only a two-hour drive back and forth, you know. But if not, you know, of course, oh, okay. you know, I, I can always rent a room, rent a room Saturday and then drive home on Sunday. But um, you know, I, I you know I was thinking I thought you know I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go ahead and uh you know sit out the Friday and, and just go up on Saturday. Okay, so yeah, they, they that's gonna be uh, pretty pretty exciting. Uh, there'll be practices throughout the day on uh, Friday and Saturday, and then they'll race that evening. Uh, for that uh, Spears Southwest Touring Series, uh, and that's going to be kind of cool. There's also the schedule for the SRL National. Let's see when their next race is, Sal. Their next race should be Berlin, but I'm not sure the date. Because I okay, think we're talking that. about that on Saturday. Somebody was asking about the National Tour, and we're talking about yeah, that Saturday during the... Let me see if I can clean this up. I want to say June 9th, but it's not real clear. It's either June 5th or June 9th. I can't really read it. For some reason, part of the print is not there. I can't tell what the date is. Can you pull it up on your computer, Sal? Let me see. Oh, it might be the eighth. I don't know. It's real hard to read. Let's see what it says. Uh, come on. And then in August first. Is it doing it for you? Oh, here we go. No, oh, I for some reason. It, for some reason, it doesn't okay, want to go to, I, the, to the to the main page. It only goes to the um, okay. To it's the, June uh, the eighth. I finally got it to come in clear. June the eighth at Berlin Raceway, and then August yeah. the tenth also at Berlin Raceway. So there's going to be two at Berlin Raceway. So there's going to be more dates that will be added. Uh, I I know that. Uh, but those are the dates that they're showing right now. Date is June the eighth. Yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna. Yeah, they got that one, and then they have the. Then they have the actually June eighth is the battle battle of Berlin. Is what mm-hmm. they call it. Okay. Yeah, it's called, it's called the battle battle of Berlin. 
So uh, hopefully they'll be adding uh, other dates to that schedule so we can keep everybody up to date. Uh, After Kern County, though, in May, the Spears SRL series will go back to Irwindale Speedway for May the 21st. So it kind of goes between Irwindale and Kern for these next few races. Yeah, then we... It's funny because I only see last year we did two at All American Speedway. This year we only did the one. And then last year we did two at Stockton. And this year we only did the one at Stockton. Yeah, Irwindale and Kern County are really featured quite a bit. But uh, this race at Kern County on April 2nd, coming up this weekend, is going to be a big one. Um, And uh, I know Sal. Uh, will represent us well out there at the track. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping for. I don't, I don't even check the weather. Hopefully, it's cool, nice, nice cool I weather. You know, and, uh, we'll have to ask Tanner uh, if he's going to race that race. Oh yeah, he's racing. He's racing his, his uh, pro late. Oh okay, cool. Yeah, so what do you want to uh, say leading up to Tanner coming on here in the next couple of minutes? You know what? Uh, it's just, you know, we had we had talked about him. Um, you know, we had him on, the, on, the, on our last show, you know, when we invited him back. You know, if he won, or even just to come back, and it's funny because when I when I sent you the message, when I sent you the message, you know, you put um, uh, we just had him on, and I go, I know, but he won, mm-hmm. so he, you know, when they win, you know, <laughs> they get to come back, you know. Right. So, right. It was. <laughs> I'll tell you, Sharon. It, it was. Yeah. His, his his emotion, I mean raw emotion. You know what? From seeing a, a you know a winner to win a race this big, you know, and all the work that that you know that he put into it, his family's put into his racing. Uh, you know that to see you know that you know that you know especially at a track like Irondale, you know, a half mile. You know, usually they get their first wins. They'll get it like at Stockton. They'll get it at um at uh, uh All American Speedway. You know, it'll always be at a short track. It's never, hardly ever at the big tracks because these big tracks, they are hard to win at because of the experience that you have. Like like I said, you you got Todd Sousa, you got um, uh, Trevor Huddleston, you know, um, you know, Jake Drew, you know, who ran uh, two complete uh, series there at Irondale, you know, before he went to the, before he went to the Ark of Anards. You know, and those wins at the at Orndale, you know, they they don't come easy. It's a, it's a tough track. I mean, there's a lot of racing room, but you know, it's 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 a track. You know, that every driver, no matter what the what division they come in, they all want to win. Yeah, They all want that Orndale win. Yeah, they all want that Orndale win. And you know, to get it, you know, at the level, you know, the, of the Arco and Arc, you know, it was, it was huge. I mean, you you could when you when you see the replay. You know, you're going to know when you see, when he gets out of the car, you know, and just the, even when he's enthusiasm. It was, oh, the enthusiasm was, I mean, it was, we we couldn't keep, we could, we didn't know what he was going to do after he won. (laughs) 
and you had to keep an eye on him because he was here, he was there, he was all over. And I'll tell you, he was. Um, it was. It was really. It was really, really now, nice to see. You know, there is nothing like that work. first victory. All the hard work. I mean, just all the hard work finally paid off. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like uh, he might be on quite a bit this season if he continues that. Uh, I'm really impressed that in his second start in the Arkham Art Series West, he's got his first victory. Uh, So we've seen some really talented guys uh, come through the series, both, you know, in the Arkham Art Series, the Arkham East, and the Arkham West. Uh, And so it sounds like we're going to be adding his name to that list. Yeah, you know, and and I, I... I, I kind of teased him a lot during the All-Star Showdown, you know, because he had already made the announcement that he was going to be racing on the Arkham Arts, you know, series, you know. So I, 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 I kind of passed that the phone to him at the track, him and his family. And, um, you know, it, it's kind of neat, you know, to go down there, you know, and to see the way, you know, me and his dad were having fun before the race, you know, joking and stuff like oh, okay. that. Okay, well, know, he's, and, uh, he's here now if you want to go ahead and introduce him and start the interview. Okay, our 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 featured guest tonight is uh is Ken Rife. Uh, we just had him on recently, and um, you know of course we made the promise. You know if you win the race, you, know, you get to come back on again, and you know now we got a lot more to talk about than besides you know just where he came, how he got to start, you know, and, and what he has in the future because his future is as we can see it's already been laid out with this win at Orindale in the Harkman Arts. Series West. So with that, we want to welcome uh, Tanner back. Welcome back, Tanner. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Sal. It's good to be back. So, you you got the win. We brought you back on. It was a tough win. A lot of restarts. I'm sure there's a lot of frustration back there. I'm sure there's a lot of anxiety. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, shaky feet, shaky hands. Um, a lot of emotion. Um, gosh, I mean, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know where to start this interview at besides what was it like to get the win in the Arkham and Art Series West, especially at a track like Urindale? Uh Well, it's it's uh, unbelievable, actually. It's uh, been one of my goals for a really long time and um, only for about, I think I think the entire race I was calm and cool and collected until about um, that last uh, yellow flag went on like lap 147, and that was like, oh, okay, come on, guys. We had to wait for our first yellow to be on lap 147. It wasn't our first yellow. We had one previous, but uh, on lap 147, that's when kind of, you know, just that's when it matters most. So I kept my head on straight and, got a good restart and they started wrecking behind us. And as soon as we said, uh, clear by five, I was back to smiling, back to keeping my line. You know, so, yeah. it was, uh, you know, from the start, you know, to start the, first of all, to start the day off, you know, winning, you know, getting the pole, you know, you came in late, you know, to grab the pole, you know, um, Colmore sat on the pole, you know, and didn't even come out, you know, for the last 15, 20 minutes of practice. He probably, he probably thought he had the, the pole all locked up because it's, it never it's always especially with the way the with the way the um the series does it, you know, it's practice, you know, combined with the pole. So you you know, 
you know, once, once you're out, you know, you come out to the beginning, that's usually, you know, where the field would be set, you know, and then you came out, you know, you turn that lap, you know, and, you know, snack, uh, you know, snake the pole from him, you know, and then, you know, and then from there, you know, it was just, I guess it was uh, history in the making. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we had just been working on our car all previous Friday and all through Saturday through our practice. And we, uh, just running used tires. We made one previous sticker run and the car was just way too tight. We ran like a high seven, put us like fifth or sixth or something, and then fixed it up a little bit more and got a fourth place run out of it. But we, uh, kept on running and got a, a good stable equal car and corners and had good bite off. So we, put on our second set of stickers to start the race and to put our last call lap in and go into turn one, run the bottom and the car starts turning like it never has before. So I go all the way down and pretty sure dip the left side into the grass and just never lifted and uh, finished that lap off and read a 43. So that was pretty cool to get my number in a different car. So I'm going to jump around for a little bit before I turn it over to Sharon because I know Sharon has a lot of questions too. Um, the last restart, you know, you know, I mean, everybody knows that, that that's Trevor Huddleston's track. I mean, he's got the most wins there. He's won in everything from from Arthur West to Legends to – I don't think he's won a Legend, but um, Bandos, um, Late Models, uh, you know, then – you know, you come up and, you know, you know, he's, he's going to be tough, especially on that green white checkered. I talked to David Cooley after, and, you know, he kind of ran me through what, you know, what you guys have talked to, but I want to hear what was going through your mind at that time, knowing that, Hey, this is a green white checkered. This might be my last shot at, you know, at, at keeping the lead and winning the race. So that was a, a, a tense moment, but um, the, really the thing that makes a, a good driver and the thing that makes a good decision is just keeping your head on straight and doing what you've been all race because it's clearly been working so just uh waited for that uh come up in the restart zone and uh the second year to third to fourth and they were all super clean gears and better and deeper than i did before through one and it stuck and he's good amount of break and pulled off the corner and he said you're clear high he went up the straightaway and I mean, the motions were flowing, but um, it's just kind of a keep your head on straight, and the more you can do that, the better you're going to come out of the other end. And ended up with him saying clear by six, coming out of coming out of two, and that's I've had no problem doing that and just maintaining pace there. So all I do is two more laps. So finished those two laps off and uh, ended up taking the W. There's always a question that comes up: if you could do anything different to make this a better race. <laughs> Obviously you did everything right. So, I mean, that question kind of got tossed out. That was, you know, one of my questions, you know, I was, you know, kind of always asked. So, I mean, tossing that one out, let's talk a little bit about your celebration afterwards. Um, it, it was, it was different. I'll tell you, it was, it was, it was pretty, it was awesome. I'll tell you. Um, probably in all the years I've been doing this, I have never seen a celebration with so much enthusiasm, with so much energy, and the biggest thing was un, it was unpredictable because we didn't know what you're going to do, or where you're going to go, what you're going to run to, or, or what was going to happen next, and that's <laughs> what was made it so so unique. Yeah, I mean, I was just 
flooded with emotion and excitement because you know it's just it's been a really just been a dream to to get this ride into friends and family and you know myself that I can uh, do a good job in a in a new car and in a and a track that I raced that decently before, but you know in a new series and you know really just try to do my best and everything I can and it was really exciting the fact that we were able to pull off a W and lead all the laps and get pole and just, you know, really dominate the weekend. It was just uh, a dream come true. So at that time I was just super flooded with emotion and, and, you know, excitement and just, you know, friends back home, you know, and telling them and bringing back, you know, all this, all the trophies and all the, you know, really just the, the belief that, you know, um, have the ability to do that is just really exciting. And, uh, I've had like, a the touring series went in a good chunk of time. So I was just super excited to bring home a W. Hmm. Well, I just, I just want to say congratulations again. And then um, uh, with that, I'm going to turn it over to Sharon because I know she has a lot of questions for you too. All right, cool. Thanks, Al. Uh, Tanner, uh, first of all, I want to say congratulations on your first victory. There's nothing like that first victory. And uh, I can only imagine all that enthusiasm uh, that you had uh, for when you crossed the finish line and saw that checkered flag. Um, you were you were at um, Irwindale Speedway. Uh, was your family there to kind of enjoy this with you? Yeah, my uh, my whole family, neighbors, friends, and uh, really my whole team. You know, uh, just. And uh, my other team that runs our late model team was there, so it was really cool to have uh, everyone I really know in racing world and, and then uh, friends back home be there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's, that is pretty exciting when you can do it in front of your, your family and friends. Um, and then uh, you've got a race. This gives you so much momentum going into your race this weekend uh, because you're on the entry list for the SRL race at Kern County Raceway this weekend, too. So talk a little about a little bit about what what how will that momentum from this race at Irwindale uh, help you when you go into Kern County this weekend? It really just gives me the confidence to know that I, as a driver, have the ability to you know get a car tuned to the the point to win and to to drive the race that I need to race to race to to win and to you know to take in information and just. Uh, relay information to my uh, crew chief and just you know from that point on it's just working on the car because i know i have the confidence to that i I can do that sort of thing and especially on the same size track and at a track i've ran before so uh it also you know would feel really good coming in that weekend with a on our previous circle win so uh, i'd say it's a great feeling yeah i think it's going to be awesome for you to walk into kern county raceway uh, coming off of that victory at Irwindale. Um, yeah. And it's going to tell competitors you're there to compete. Um, so the tracks are very similar, you say. Uh, if, if if I'm a fan and I'm watching you at Kern County, what is it that I should watch for at Kern County Raceway this weekend in the uh, SRL series? Um, well, the track size is definitely similar. Corner is a bit different, but really just watch for who has the most consistent lap times and who's has the ability to save their tires through the race. Because we uh, have seen at that racetrack that 
sometimes the fastest car isn't always the car that wins. Um, it's just good to have a balanced car and, you know, uh, be able to run decent laps throughout the race and, and stick to the bottom of the side of the track and really just be able to get that drive off and drive in uh, throughout the corners. Okay. And you're racing the, the entire season for the SRL as well? Yeah, the uh, entire SRL season and the entire ARCA season. Uh, but uh, there is a couple races that uh, intersect and we probably might miss one of the SRL races, but uh, at this point it's kind of uh, undecided, but we might miss one of the uh, SRL races due to a conflict. Okay, depending on how you how you continue to do in the Arkham Menard series. Uh, really just, yeah. Well, I think we're going to continue to do the Arkham series, but it's kind of like uh, if, we're able to make it from one track to the other in time because they're right next to each other. It's the Roseville Stockton race. And we think that it probably won't work out, but if by somehow scheduling miracle, there's a gap between the races. I might be able to make it down to another track and run it, but uh, it's an unlikely scenario, but still on the table. So, Well, what's interesting is that you're racing at Kern County Raceway this weekend in the SRL series. But the next ARCA West race is going to be at Kern County Raceway in April for the ARCA West. So is there anything that you can take from your race this weekend that's going to help you in that uh, ARCA West race that's going to be there in April? Yeah, I believe that's like the main advantage is the fact that we have, you know, I'll have the ability to see what the track does throughout the day and see how the cars handle throughout the day and what adjustments. Uh, we need to make to to make the car uh, work properly for us and to see how the car changes throughout the race. If it gets looser, if it gets tighter, what car is doing the best, you know, follow along in those steps for the next uh, ARCA race and have a good uh, advantage coming into the uh, ARCA race. Okay. Yeah, I think that's going to be a huge advantage for you, uh, racing that SRL race and doing it uh, prior to the ARCA West race. Um, then you've got Portland International coming up. How are you feeling about the road course race at Sonoma? So I've done uh, four seasons of uh, Legends Road Course Racing and had some pretty good successes in that series and a lot of good practice and with competitive people um, and, and shifting and downshifting and brake managing and drafting and pushing. So. Uh, and staying on track and using curbs. So I'm pretty excited for that uh, series to come because I believe that I'm a very well-rounded driver and have the ability to do uh, uh, asphalt circle and asphalt road course tracks. Um, And then I'll have that as a little advantage over a lot of the drivers in the series. Okay. Now, in California, I I don't know that there's going to be much difference. So so I'm going to ask the question. Uh, I know here in the Midwest, sometimes there's a difference between how a track will race in the spring versus how it races in the heat of the summer. Uh, but you'll be back at Irwindale Speedway in July. Um, is, is it going to be similar racing, do you think, in July as it was this past week? Um, I believe it's going to be pretty similar, except uh, the fact that probably times will be a little bit slower and we'll have to deal with a a slicker track, a more greasy track and just tire conservation probably is going to be another key factor just to maintain on and 
really just make sure the cars stay cool and your brake temps stay cool. And uh, same thing we did this weekend probably, but just uh, really just making sure you have that, that bite off the corner and uh, you keep your car conserved throughout the race. Okay. Well, you, you've been great, Tanner. Uh, we really enjoyed talking to you last week and again this week. We, we, we mentioned you coming back on the show uh, I don't think we realized it was going to be quite so quickly. Uh, we're real happy that you're able to get that first victory out there at Irwindale Speedway this past weekend, and uh, we hope this we hope that this continues throughout this season. Yeah, I'd love to come back on the show again. Uh, I love doing all these video interviews and audio interviews, and uh, it's a real fun part of my job. And I love talking to people about racing and. Uh, I'd love to be back on the show. It's uh, and it was really funny that we were able to pull this off so early in the season. Uh, I hope to get money more, so that that'll be cool to come back on the show. Yes, indeed. Well, again, congratulations to you and good luck out of Kern County this weekend with the SRL. Thank series. you. Thank you so much. Oh, by the oh. by the way, by the way, there was no Supercross questions this time. Oh boy, thanks, Sal. <laughs> You're not going to tell me again? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, guys. Okay. And thank okay. you, Tanner. Safe travels, right. Steve. Safe travels, you okay. too. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. That was Tanner Rice, uh, the winner in the Arkham and Art Series West out at Irwindale Speedway on Saturday night. So uh, really, really fun talking to him and and uh, getting a sense for that excitement of that first victory. It's, there's, there's nothing like it, Sal. Yeah, uh, it was, I'll tell you, Sharon, man, it was, it was really neat. That's why I had to, you know, kind of mention a little bit about the, um, about the, uh, you know, the celebration, you know, afterwards, his you know, it was, uh, yeah. uh, his excitement was just, it was amazing. I mean, you know, um, you know, the first win, you know, and, and I mean, you knew it. I mean, he had the fans play the sellout. It was a sellout, um, you know, and he had the fans, you know, all into the celebration. It was neat. He uh, really did a good job. Yeah. he. Cli- I, I saw pictures of him climbing the fence. So, <laughs> you know, he, he had a lot of adrenaline to use up there. Oh, yeah. He had a lot. Okay, so we're going to have to move on to the Cup Series here. Uh, I know I got us uh, in a little bit of an overtime situation here. Uh, But the Cup Series had an amazing race at the Circuit of the Americas as well. And uh, I'll tell you, um, I I love the racing that we saw on that road course race this weekend. Ross Chastain was the winner uh, in that number one uh, for track house racing, the first win for track house racing, the first win for his crew chief, uh, Philip Surgeon. Um, and uh, he just did such a great job uh, holding off everybody uh, in that race. I'm going to bring up my notes here real quick. Uh, in exactly the kind of thrilling final lap, final turn, high action finish. NASCAR is so often provided on road courses. Ross Chastain 
persevered in the Echo Park Automotive Grand Prix to win his very first career NASCAR Cup Series. There's another guy getting his first career victory in the series, and he was pretty pumped as well. Uh, if you listen to his spin car, uh, he was very, very pumped. Uh, he's the sixth different winner this season, and Chastain really had to earn this one, though, uh, coming out at the end of a frantic four-lead change, two-lap final overtime, and he did uh, by moving A.J. Allmendinger and Alex Bowman in the final series of the turns on the 3.41-mile 20-turn circuit to take not only his first victory in the series but also give Trackhouse Racing and Justin Marks their first win uh, in Stockcar's Big League. Um, Ross Chastain's race was the first win uh, of his career and the first for Trackhouse. Alex Bowman finished second, followed by Christopher Bell, Chase Elliott, Tyler Reddick, um, pole winner Ryan Blaney, Ryan Truex Jr. in, ninth, in seventh, then it was Austin Sendrick, uh, Eric Jones, and Austin Dillon rounding out the top ten. Reddick grabbed the lead with just three laps to go just before that final caution of the race. And that set up the overtime attempt. Uh, Chastain took the lead and held it until the final lap. Almondinger briefly took the lead before a late contact between Chastain, Almondinger, and Bowman sent Almondinger into Bowman and allowing Chastain to grab the lead and take the win. Stage one was won by Daniel Suarez. Stage two by Denny Hamlin. There were 13 changes among nine drivers. Nine cautions for 13 yellow flag laps. The average speed of that race was 70.253 miles per hour. So um, it was uh, the first for her. For uh, Ross Chastain has been a bridesmaid in so many of these races. He finally came up with that victory. Um, Alex Bowman posted his second top 10 finish in two races at Dakota, and it was his third top 10 finish this year. Christopher Bell had his first top 10 finish in two races at Dakota, and Austin Sendrick, who finished eighth, was the highest finishing rookie of the race. So your thoughts about those uh, top, top uh, 10 Yeah, it was. Yeah, Dakota didn't disappoint. You know, it was a long, like I said earlier, you know, it's a big track, a lot of laps, a lot of turns, a lot of corners, you know, and, um, you know, everybody, you know, expects, you know, the, you know, the big um, uh, road course guys, you know, to take this, you know, um, and, you know, where Chastain came from, I went back and watched the replay again, and, uh, boy, that was, that was one heck of a, what heck of a move by Chastain, you know, to, to, you know, to get in there, you know, and he really wanted it. I mean, you know, and pushing and shoving, you know, that, that's part of the, part of this road course racing, you know, it's, you know, it, it's inevitable. And I know a lot of people were probably thinking that Chase Elliott was probably going to get out front, you know, and run away with it. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. Still had the, he still had the fourth place finish, but he just, just didn't have the, the card investor, you know, then, uh, you know, Alex Bowen picking up the second place, you know, after, you know, after what happened to the trucks on, you know, 
Yes. On Saturday, you know. It was a rough hours. weekend for Alex Bowman. Um, yeah, it was. Let's it was cover the rough. points report real quick before we run out of time, Sal. Okay. The points report is as we stand after after our quota race. Oops. That's six races in the books you, now. Yeah, and I don't think you guys want to really care about owner points right now. No. Um, Chase Elliott yeah, is still. Chase, yeah, Chase Elliott is still leading the points. Ryan Blaney in second, Joey Logano third, Alex Bowman in fourth, Ross Chastain in fifth. He's got that win. He's he's going into the playoffs no matter what happens. Yeah. William Byron yeah. sixth, Martin, Martin Truex seventh, and Alex Eric Almirola round off the top eight. And then from there we go to Chase Briscoe in ninth, Tyler Reddick in tenth, Kyle Busch in eleventh, Austin, <coughs> excuse me, Austin Sidrick. And twelfth as the highest highest rookie in the in the um, in the points. Kurt Busch thirteenth, uh, very quiet. Kevin Harvick, Daniel Suarez, and Kyle Larson round out the top sixteen. Gosh, you know, wow. still look at Danny Hamlin still down there in twenty second. You know, uh, you know, is he gonna, isn't that amazing? Yeah, it is. Brad Keselowski thirty fourth. Yeah, because you know, of that penalty. Yeah, because of the penalty, he lost a hundred points and knocked him, you know, knocked him out of the out of the playoffs. So he needs a he needs a win or he needs to start um, having some some really good finishes. Uh, yeah, he's right now. He's working to get himself into that top thirty. Uh, if he can get himself into the top thirty. Uh, then he can be playoff eligible. So he's got uh, yeah. a lot to go uh, to get there. Which I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure he'll make. I'm sure he'll make up the. You know, I'm sure he'll make it up. But you know, it's it's it, it it's was just feasible. Tough. Yeah. Yeah, so it was very feasible. It, it was just a, it was just a tough penalty that uh, you know. No, they are appealing it, Sal, so we'll have to see what happens from the appeal. Uh, I don't really expect much is going to change, but they are appealing it, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's like like we said, that's all we could do, you know, just sit back and see, you know, what happens with the appeal. But, um, you know, it's it's, it's tough. I mean, you know, you, you feel bad for the team. You know, they're a new team, you know, and... You know, and uh, you know, uh, to have an unapproved part like that, you know, I'm sure it's yeah. not nothing they, you know, you know, nothing they expected, nothing they wanted. So, um, like you said, you know, we'll see what happens after the appeal. Yeah, they haven't really said a whole lot about what part it was or anything else. There's a lot of speculation about it, but nothing confirmed. And NASCAR doesn't want to say anything until after the appeal. So hopefully after the appeal, we'll have uh, more details about what they were talking about uh, that was not in order. Uh, Our understanding right now is is one of 30 spec parts uh, that NASCAR has told the drivers that they cannot tamper with in any way, shape, or form. And any tampering with that part will result in penalty. Um, So, again, we don't know what 
It could be one of 30 different parts. Uh, we don't know which part it is yet. Uh, so it is going to be interesting to see how the appeal turns out. And I would assume we'll find out about that sometime this week. So, Sam, yeah, you're going to so, be at uh, Kern County Raceway, right? Yes, I'll be there. On, I'll be there on Saturday. Okay, so yeah. that should be a lot looking of fun. Forward, yeah, looking forward to it. I mean, you know, I haven't been to Kern since last year's championship race. So, um, and this year's winter showdown is going to—it's up for grabs. I mean, Derek Thorne has been racing in the SRL series this year, so uh, you know, there's there's a lot of favorites out there. There's a lot of drivers that can win this thing. And um, you know they're all they're all going for it. I mean, you gotta take advantage of it while you can. You know, so he's Absolutely. you know him not being part of the him not being part of the series. You know, <clears throat> you know I'm, I'm you know I I I think it, I think it's gonna bring you know hopefully bring more drivers to the series. You know, he kind of kind of scared them off when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but there's seriously there's a lot of drivers that say, you know what, you know, we're racing for second, you know, and, you know, you can't, you can't beat the guy. You know, you have well, to open heart breaks or he wrecks or something, you know. I mean, he's, he's just yeah, well, that good. He's, he's been a tough competitor. So he's just, he well, is, we'll he's see that what good. Tanner I mean, does. We'll see what Tanner does this weekend after winning the Derwinville. He says the tracks yeah, are pretty well, similar except for the corners. Yeah, well, I mean, Tanner races a uh, he races a pro late. He doesn't race a super late. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he races so, the pro late division. So it'll yeah, so we, we won't. I mean, oh yeah, it'll still be fun. Yeah, because there's still there's still a lot of good drivers in the pro late division. You know, um, you know that that division. You know, is it? It's it's tough. I mean, yeah. Um, you know, so I mean, yeah, it's it's uh, you know, some of the best, some of the best out there. Like they say, they get some of the best drivers in the west, the best drivers in the west. You know, race the SRL. Yep. That's the reason why they race it. You know, so it's, it's going to be, he's going to be tough. You know, coming off that win, he's going to have a lot of uh, he's got, he's got a lot of momentum. You know, yep. and uh, he's going to yep. he's going to be tough when you know, when he gets out there on Saturday. Yep. Well, I'll tell you what, we're getting ready for our Hot Topic Sound Off now. You're certainly welcome to stay on with us now. We've got an open spot if you're available. Yeah, I got I just I just got in into town and I got to get everything ready for tomorrow. I I barely made it to my hotel okay. room to do the show. Oh, we had okay. issues with the hotel, so I'm, I'm still trying to unwind and and get things uh get things okay. settled up. Well, we'll catch up with you next week then, and uh, okay. safe travels to you. All right. Everybody have a good All evening. Right. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Okay. Thank okay. you. All right. It is now time for our NASCAR Hot Topic Sound Off with the Fan for Racing crew. And joining us uh, for our discussion tonight is Jay Huseman. Welcome to the show, Jay. Thank you, Sharon. Uh, I know Sal. One of these times, we're going to get Sal on hot topics. Uh, I know he's. I keep busy, trying. Uh, 
Yeah, no, I know, and I know he's calling in, you know, just as he gets off work. He said he's still got to unwind a little bit and, and get into a hotel, so I understand that, but uh, yeah. I ho- I'm looking forward to that day, but I know we got another one here tonight. <laughs> yes, we do. Tammy Kraft is here tonight. Welcome to the show, Tommy. Hey, how are y'all? Thanks for having me back. Glad to be on. Well, we're always happy to have you on, too. Uh, Tommy? You want to give the uh, first topic here tonight? Uh, well, let's just go with um, the race yesterday and um, Coda, and because last year it was rained out. So uh, let's just go over the race, see what everybody's thoughts were. Okay. Do we want to talk about that last lap thing? Or... Yeah, yes, that's fine. Uh, Oh, okay. Okay. Jay? And you specified to the last lap of yesterday's race. I think it goes to all three series. I mean, what we saw <laughs> as far as what it comes to at CODA. And I know on our on our board there, if, you, if we scroll up to maybe put it, kind of put it under the them coming back to the, to the track. I know I put another one up under that too, as well as Denny Hamlin's port, part of it. Um, but the plan is to come back to CODA. Uh, so if we want to tie it into that hot topic itself on the, on our message board, but I thought it was some great racing and, you know, we've talked about this in the past when NASCAR tries something new, you know, you can't just go with a one-time thing because, you know, situations are going to come up, whether it be Bristol dirt, the Coliseum, this track, we know it wasn't exactly designed for stock cars. Last year we had the rain, so we didn't really get a true understanding of what the track was going to be like and how they were going to race on it. Uh, this year we got the, the new car, which obviously made a, made a huge difference um, in things. So I think coming back is a good thing. It's still developing uh, how people are going to drive the track and what, uh, how do we say this, what rules apply uh, when it comes to road course racing, as we've talked about short track racing, you know, I think that's going to have to kind of be felt out as well. So I think they're all positive things. There may be some hiccups, um, some drivers, you know, and we'd like to see that anyway, or a lot of fans do. It does obviously drive interest um, on that. It's one of those, I think drivers are either going to have to work it out themselves or, uh, Hopefully not put it in NASCAR's hands. Uh, you know, that's what I, I hate to see. I know some of the things, there, there's several here. I know I don't want to split up uh, too many of the topics. Uh, one of them I didn't get put on the board was the removal of the turtles, um, which I would like to address. Mm. But, you know, that that comes into play as well as how NASCAR handles things. So, overall, I thought it was great, and I'm glad to hear that they are planning on coming back. I know Mike put it to whether or not the drivers have input. They have a say. Uh, we see that with Denny Hamlin, uh, uh, his thought. But I do think they have an input to it. And I think as a whole um, that the, the input is, yeah, let's come back. Maybe there are some areas from improvement, some things to adjust, some rules to be made if necessary. Uh, so, yeah, come back because I think it did overall provide for some great, exciting racing fan interest. Um some different things, uh, you know, there again, the car comes into play, but we saw another new winner, as in a first-time winner. So a lot of big positive things going on within NASCAR right now, especially at the top level with the Cup Series. 
Yes, indeed. I would agree with you. I think uh, last year with the rain, we really did not get a feel for what Dakota Dakota's potential was with NASCAR, and this year we did get to see that, and I thought it was all positive. Uh, all of the races uh, had a lot of action, and uh, the drivers seemed to uh, uh, be enjoying the racing there as well. So, yeah, I thought the racing there was uh, uh, really good. Uh, I don't know if we wanted to get into the particulars or not, but uh, you're right. They didn't have the turtles this year. Uh, that was a positive. Last year, the turtles were a big problem. Uh, so I thought that was that was definitely a, a positive. Um, and then they, they were restricted. They couldn't have four wheels uh, over the stripe or the lines. Uh, and if they, they could have the two wheels, but not four. And we did see a couple people kind of get uh, caught with that. And uh, they, they had penalties that went along with that. Uh, they had to go back and do a pass-through penalty, I think. Uh, and uh, uh, I thought the racing in general was really good. Uh, the people that we expected to be up front uh, were, for the most part, uh, I know Toyota seemed to be kind of behind with the new car. I kind of had higher hopes for Martin Truex Jr. at this race. He's such a good road course racer. Uh, but um, uh, I think Toyota still has some catching up to do there. But I thought the racing was really good in all three series. So, Tommy, what are your thoughts? Uh, I'm just glad that it wasn't rained out. And, um, unfortunately, I had a pretty busy weekend, so I missed uh, a lot of the racing this weekend. But I did stay up to date on Twitter, and I did see some of the final stage and the uh, last lap of the race. So um, I did manage to catch everything there. But um, Castaigne's finally a winner. That's awesome. Suarez um, won stage one. So Trackhouse has been a really uh, good team, uh, former Chip Ganassi team, um, Ty Norris, the GM or whoever he was, the guy from uh, Michael Waltrip Racing and DEI, I believe he's done really good. I think I saw that on the Dale Jr. download. So him and Justin Marks and Pitbull are winners in the Cup Series. That's awesome. I think Coda's a great location, and I'm really glad they're going to go back um, in Austin. I think that's a good market that they should consider. And um, I think that it provides great racing because that restart and when they go on the um, that first turn, um, it gets really, really tight. They get like five, six, seven wide. I mean, it's crazy. Um, and it, it provided a, <laughs> a a good race. And I'm just glad it wasn't rained out like it was last year. So, And there's a bunch of good road course racers and uh, – um, Ross Chastain and AJ there at the end, that was just crazy. And um, former teammates, too, um, at the Xfinity level, I believe. So um, mm-hmm. maybe some hard maybe some hard feelings there. But, um, yeah, just I thought it was an awesome race. Um, hate that I missed quite a bit of it, but um, I, saw, I saw what mattered there at the end. So maybe next year, but glad it 
wasn't rained out, and uh, I really do like the location in Austin, Texas. I think that that is uh, a, a market that NASCAR needs to be in, and I'm glad to see they're going to go back. And um, okay, Jake, your follow up. Yeah, like I said, I think there may be, be, be some things, and I'll specifically go with with you mentioned uh, that I, I hit on. You, you mentioned. The, some things that may meet, need to be adjusted and tweaked, and I'm sure they're going to take the driver's input. And, and where I was going with that real quick was, as Mike put it up, that the announcement was that they, and, and he's right, it's kind of unclear. No, I lost it, sorry. Um, the tweet from Adam Stern, it says, with approval from drivers, NASCAR race will be back in the 2023 at Circuit of Americas. So the question is, is that saying that they – will come back if drivers approve or they've already made that decision and whether or not drivers truly have the, the veto power as he, as I put it then. Um, no, but they're taking that input. Okay. Last year we saw it, the turtles. Um, if they got off the track, they're not supposed to be off the track, but if it happens, I mean, they were tearing the cars up. Okay. So they made that adjustment. You mentioned uh, you had you could have up to two wheels over the rumble strip portion, but not all four. Okay, so now it's on NASCAR. They watched it. They got somebody watching. There's obviously specifically uh, some highlighted spots. I know through the S's was one of them and a couple other corners. And I know there's 20 of them, so I can't tell you which exact corners it were. But that <laughs> if they went with all four off, they were going to get penalized, uh, just like the yellow line rule at, at super speedways, okay? So mm-hmm. at the Roval, we know there's spots there, too. If, if you cut the corner, NASCAR, you got to do the stop and go. If you don't, NASCAR will penalize you. Now it's a, a drive-through or a stop and go at some point. So drivers got to manage that themselves. I kind of like that, you know, now. Uh, that would go back to uh, last week at Atlanta with Christopher Bell being pushed below. You know, drivers are going to kind of have to work that that out themselves if they feel they were pushed over there or if they stand their ground, stand in the gas. I know we don't want to see wreck fest, okay, and I'm not a fan of that either. But the bumping and banging, we saw this in uh, as NASCAR drivers improved their road course at racing. I uh, go back to Brad Keselowski, and it was Marcus Ambrose, I think. They put on some great races, uh, Robbie Gordon, when he was here. That's what fans wanted from your short tracks. Uh, Martinsville, we see it. Bristol, we see it. And road courses, we see it. So um, it's providing that. Again, drivers will have to work it out amongst themselves of, you know, maybe, hey, at particular corners, you just don't dive bomb because you know you can't make the corner. And if they do, how they work it out and how it plays out, um, you know, we saw that in the truck series, uh, Matt Crafton and uh, Chase Purdy. You know, what goes around comes around, so be mm-hmm. prepared. But overall, yeah, you know, and I, I, I'm sure in certain ones it was disappointing um, for certain drivers, and that happens, like I said, at these short tracks at, at and at uh, road courses. That is part of the, the racing, what it was built on. So to kind of get back to that, like I said, I don't want to see an all-out wreck fest. And the last thing I want to say here, it's a, we're talking about it, turn one, the start, the restart in that corner, uh, turn one. To me, I look at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, and there it was, whatever turn number it was, to come to the start-finish line. How many situations did we see three, four years in a row where that corner provides for that last 
chance uh, ditch effort, dive bomb, if you will. Mm -hmm. And we saw it between teammates up there. You know, uh, I think back to uh, to Todd Gillen. I can't remember who it was with. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek, Cole Custer. Uh, I know we're involved in in one Mm -hmm. of those races. So, you know, and drivers seem to manage it, whether it holds over to the next race the next year. That's kind of the intrigue, and that's what holds the interest um, from it. Yes, and we had that kind of a finish uh, here, too. One thing that it's it's more than three miles long. It has elevation. It has those wide turns. It also has very, very tight turns where they have to slow down. So they're using their brakes. Uh, it just really uh, is is one of those tracks that um, is so different, I think, from any of the other tracks uh, that they race on, really. Uh, and I'm talking about of the other road course races that they race on. Uh, I think Circuit of the Americas is certainly unique um, in that it has those 20 different turns in the and the big sweeping S turns and then the smaller, uh, you know, back and forth uh, uh, S turns, the smaller S is, is what I call it. But um, And then they've got that really sharp turn uh, that they've got to maneuver through, too. Um, I thought, I thought that uh, it provided a very entertaining race, and that's what NASCAR was going for, and that's what they got. Um, that I did read something on Twitter today too about them considering bringing in like an amusement park in uh, near Cota, so that the uh, fans have a lot of different things that they can do when they go to that track. So uh, an amusement park would really give it a different uh, feel for it as well. Uh, kind of reminds me of years and years ago when they had Riverside. So uh, something to, to think about for the future there at, uh, at uh, Circuit of the Americas. Tommy, your final thoughts? Yeah, I saw that too where they were going to add a theme park in, in there. That would be interesting, but at the same time, I think that's pretty cool. You could be riding a roller coaster while the race is going on. That's very uh <laughs> Very interesting, but uh, I did see where they were going to like two or three roller coasters and some other things. So that, I still think that's cool too, though. At the same time, but I don't think I've ever seen it before. I know that Charlotte's got like a Ferris wheel, and um, I do know that sometimes the tracks also host like the county fair um, sometimes as well. So, um, but yeah, the race was really exciting, and I have to admit something. As a kid, Watkins Glen and um, Sonoma were the only two road courses, and it was like that for a very long time. And then recently, they added, you know, the Charlotte Roval, uh, the Daytona Road Course, and then they added uh, Road America or uh, and um, Coda last year. But um, they do provide great finishes, and um, I'm starting to to enjoy them actually more so than I did as a, as a kid. So, and I know they want to do a Chicago street course. So I think road courses, short tracks, and super speedways is the way NASCAR is headed with some intermediate tracks sprinkled in. But um, the Cutter race was awesome, and I think 
the, them going back there next year is awesome, and I'd like to go see a race there because I've always wanted to go to Austin, Texas. All right, Sharon, what do we what do we got for next hot topic? I am so sorry. I'm sitting here talking, and I've got the mute button on. Um, I said, Jay, did you want to go to the next uh, to the Denny Hamlin topic? Okay, we can we can do that and splitting it down. And I'm not exactly sure what. Uh, and, and I tried to follow through on all the Twitter part, but there is an article up, and let me see where it is. We heard a couple of weeks ago he was upset with Phoenix Raceway. Um, now it appears he is a little upset with with uh, Texas as well. Um, that the track isn't putting money back into the facilities. Now here at Cody, you mentioned about possibly putting in the uh, the amusement park. So I, I'm not sure of which facility he, facilities he's talking about the track surface, the garage area, or or otherwise, but. We've seen, and this ties into whether or not drivers have input. Uh, they certainly give it uh, what NASCAR takes from it and uh, whatnot. But what do you think about Denny Hamlin's comments? Like I said, uh, uh, not two weeks in a row, I guess, Atlanta was in between. But uh, we heard some comments about Atlanta as well. So overall, specifically, though, Denny Hamlin. Okay. Uh, have you had a chance to look at that, Tommy? Yeah, I did look at it, and um, I have to um, say I'm not I'm not too familiar with what the tracks do outside of NASCAR, so I don't know how they they make money besides when NASCAR comes to town and also ticket sales and, and you know concession stands and all that good stuff. However, um, Denny Hamlin is right saying that they they have plenty of money and they don't in, invest. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't because at Texas. I'm going to loop this back into the, what we were just talking about with Coda. Uh, I enjoy the race at Coda a lot more than I do at Texas Motor Speedway, which is the all-star race and the playoff race. Um, I feel like when Elliot Sadler won and Jimmy Johnson won a few, there were some good finishes there at Texas, and there's always been some entertaining races there. But overall, over the past past few years I just feel like that track has declined and I feel like Coda's its competition so um, Texas Motor Speedway maybe they do need to do something different maybe not make it um, the like the new Atlanta but um, if Denny Hamlin's right then yeah they should be doing some investments in, in making that, that track better in my opinion but I'm not really sure, like I said, on this topic, um, exactly what Denny Hamlin and Jennifer Iler were talking about. So maybe once you guys talk about it, I'll have a better understanding. Okay. Yeah, I think this goes back to a topic that we talked about a few weeks ago where um, Michael Jordan was saying that the tracks need to give some of the purse money uh, to the teams, uh, that they should get a percentage of that. Um because Jennifer uh, posted on Twitter thread highlighting the conditions at Texas Motor Speedway, irrespective of whether IndyCar races there or NASCAR, her thread contained constructive criticism of the track facilities and its overall state, which made Denny Hamlin jump in the discourse. He said, that part isn't okay. 
tracks make a killing and need to be held to higher standards instead of putting money in their pockets, uh, Hamlin said. So he wants them. He wants to see them putting more of that money back into the track. Um, uh, if the team showed up with fenders ripped off and junk pit equipment in the pit boxes, NASCAR would have a serious problem with that. Why can't we treat the tracks the same way? So he's wanting these tracks to really increase their uh, experience uh, for the fans and for the drivers. So uh, uh, some of that, uh, here it is. He says, uh, you're trying to battle for stage points there, and we've got good grip, and I'm pushing him, and everything's going well. And then all of a sudden, the car lifts up, and he's gone. Uh, Just a split second decision making going back to some of the things that have happened to him uh i think in atlanta when he was pushing i forget who it was and they both ended up uh losing spots and positions over it uh he's having a rough season denny hamlin is and i think that he's he's just frustrated overall um but he's try he's also i think trying to be a, an advocate uh for the drivers and trying to if you're not if you're not making a name for yourself on the track uh then you try to get some attention for off the track and that's what i think is part of what's going on here but um he does make a good point with regard to uh tracks needing to reinvest back into uh the facility itself and and like you like you said Tommy uh we're talking about Coda bringing in a theme park uh to to enhance the fan experience um but I think he's looking at it from not just the fan experience but from the track experience as well um and and um what he wants to see um these tracks put the money back into the facility itself. And I know NASCAR puts back into some of the, a lot of these facilities too. Um, I don't know. Denny Hamlin is sounding more and more like sour grapes to me, uh, just having a bad season. But, you know, some of his points, while there might be some validity to it, it almost seems like a little bit of an overreaction on his part too. And, uh, almost like he's looking for attention. But w- what are your thoughts, Jay? All right. Well, I got a lot of them. Uh, if, if you want to do your announcement now, or if you need to interrupt me, that's your choice. Oh, uh, we got four minutes. I'll here. go ahead and do the announcement now. Okay. That go way ahead. I won't go have ahead. To We're coming up to uh, that time of the night that I like to uh, make an announcement, especially for the people that are tuning in for the first time, uh, we're going to go off the air at exactly 1030 tonight, uh, Eastern time. And um, uh, at that point, you're going to hear us go off the air mid-sentence. And uh, what's happening is, although we're not on the air any longer, we are continuing our conversation uh, beyond that point. And that is part of our bonus overtime material that's available on our podcast. So uh, I will go out on Twitter letting people know that the podcast is available. And at that point, you can fast forward to the two-hour mark on the flyer at fanforracing.com 
and hear the rest of that conversation. So we didn't want to leave anybody up in the air wondering, how do I hear the rest of the conversation and what they're talking about? Uh, that's how that's how that's all going to work out. So uh, again, Jay, I'm going to go to you for your comments. All right. Well, and I know I got uh, two rounds for this, so I'll try and break it up and, and get it all in because I do have quite a bit here. First, I, I got to kind of echo what Sharon's saying. Take a look at it right now. Denny Hamlin's having a tough, uh, tough season. You mentioned Toyotas maybe aren't quite up to speed as the other two manufacturers when it comes to the new car. So take that with a grain of salt. Second off, you mentioned it a few weeks ago. Uh, part of it was Jordan's plan of looking at um, NASCAR, the TV rights deal, how they could do a better package for that um, as far as the What's that? I, I'm just, you're just reminding me it was TV rights, not track purse. Yeah. Well, right. Well, and the track owners also, part of that as well as then uh, Jordan talking about it as far as the owners. So I think there is another key element. Danny Hamlin is now wearing that owner's hat. Okay, so that's a little bit different perspective. However, we've seen this in the past and – I think Amanda's one that, that said it over the past couple of weeks anyway. Denny Hamlin has kind of been looked at now as a whiner, okay? Is there some validity to a couple of the things he said? Yes. But as you read that post from Jenna Fryer, it started with constructive criticism. Is Denny Hamlin's constructive criticism Second off, if he really wants to make the attend or uh, make the change, I know in this day and age the way to go is get on social media. But is that really the way to go about it? You have the opportunity. We know there's several avenues of sitting down with NASCAR, with track owners, and we're getting to that stage, getting everybody on the same page of a better way to go about it than through social media like that, where it doesn't appear to be constructive criticism. It appears to be whining. So, uh, you know, I think they got to play that card carefully, you know, because um, (laughs) where's Mike? Um, You may have a good point, but if you're going about it in that fashion, are you going to be heard? Uh, you know, is it, oh, somebody's mm-hmm. just whining again versus, hey, they have a good point. Um, you know, now sometimes maybe it is necessary, um, but I also think the way you present it can be a huge factor. So I think I think Denny needs to find that. Like I said, he's wearing that new owner's hat now um, as well. So again, given that he's having a little bit more of a rough season uh, comes into play. So I think there's a couple of things there, and I'll let it go around again when you come back. I got another aspect to it to to talk about, but uh, I'll let uh, Tom, go back to Tommy and you, Sharon, and then I'll come back to my other part of it. Oh, okay, Tommy. Yeah, it has been a tough start for Denny Hamlin and Toyotas uh, to think about um, thinking about it now. Bubba does have two second place finishes though at um, Daytona and Atlanta, so. And um, Kurt Busch has been looking pretty good. And Kyle Busch, I feel like he rebounded this weekend and had a top 10. But, yeah, Denny overall has not been doing too well. And Christopher Bell had a top five, too. So uh, maybe Toyota is getting on track a little bit. But um, it is a little bit of a slower start for them versus Chevy and Ford right now. 
But, uh, yeah, at first I was thinking the same thing as you guys. Like, Denny always has, I feel like, comments about some stuff. And sometimes I feel like maybe he's right, but sometimes I feel like a lot of the times he's not. But um, I feel like at the same time, he should be careful with what he says because NASCAR will will pull people in. We've seen that before. Um, but, you know, they're not scared to, to pull people into the holler and talk to them. So, but, um. Uh, you know, I really don't know much about the subject about the how the tracks make the money and, and what they do with it. But um, I was just, you know, like I said, if he's right with what him and Jennifer Fryer were saying from what I was reading, uh, I do think the tracks should um, invest some of that money instead of doing whatever they do with it. But um, maybe Denny is just a little bit salty at the moment since he's not doing good. Yeah, it's kind of like be careful what you wish for because you know what's going to happen if 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 we're putting it um, earnest on the tracks to upgrade the experience for fans or to upgrade the track for the drivers, uh, that cost is going to come out of our pockets. <laughs> so the price of the ticket goes up a little bit more. Uh, and to, in order to offset the cost of doing those kind of things. Uh, so I agree with Jay. I think that Denny needs to really uh, take a step back and just think about how he wants to present these thoughts and these ideas in a constructive way in order to inspire people to want to make those changes. Uh, he's He's almost talking as if he's, wants to somehow be an executive or something with NASCAR, uh, which is where those things happen. But NASCAR has made it really clear they want feedback from the drivers. They want feedback from the fans. And, they, you know, they have the final say on what they do and don't do. But um, Denny needs to take more of a leadership role, I think, in making some of those uh, suggestions and not doing it necessarily on a public stage. Uh, Like you said, Jay, Jenna was talking about constructive um, criticism and ideas. Uh, It's one thing to give the criticism, but then give an idea of, you know, what what would be better. Uh, Don't just say that this is bad and not have any ideas for how to make it better. Um, So, and that's something when you put together something to sit down across the table with NASCAR, uh, that's the kind of uh, report that you want to make with them, Uh, not necessarily on a public social media platform. So, I, I, Denny Hamlin's, I think, a good person. I don't really know. I think emotionally, um, there's, there's something. He's not as emotionally mature as some of the other drivers, I don't think. And I just think that um, he needs to kind of get a handle on that, especially if he wants to be a leader. And I think that there are some good things that Denny does, um, and he does them well. But in things like this, it just doesn't come across as in the way that I think he would want it to. So I think he needs to still work on some of that. Jay? All right. Well, uh, again, I'll try and keep this brief, but the whole topic 
I'll ask this question of where are you coming from? Working within the racing industry at the dirt track level, I'll tell you this, I've seen all the sides to it. Start with the fans, okay? They're saying, hey, we're paying for entertainment and um, what do you call it? The experience. So they're saying, okay, we're paying this amount where the money goes, um, what they're getting out of it. So they're looking for, like you said, some of the amenities or, you know, not necessarily amusement park, driver interaction, and we've seen that, the neon garages that we see now. Mm-hmm. You look at the track owner, they're saying, hey, we got to foot the bill, we got to upkeep the facility, we got to pay the staff, y'all are the ones making the money. Drivers, they're saying, hey, we're the ones putting our, risk, our lives at risk and out there uh, putting in the work. Team owners, they're saying, hey, we're the ones that have to cover the, cover the bills uh, for the cars. You know, they get damaged, and we got to haul them here and this and that. And they're saying they're not making any money. And then anybody that wants to argue against the team owners, they're saying, well, you've got a sponsor that's covering your bill. Okay? So every side of it has an argument. I think they all need to come together and understand what the other one is putting into it. You know, uh, like I said, I, I know I hear it every, every track I go to. The track owners are saying, hey, we're not making any money. Drivers are showing up and saying, hey, we're putting our money and time and effort into bringing the car here, putting on a show. We're not getting any money. You know, I, I don't know where all the money's going, but somebody's got to be making it. <laughs> um, so, like I said, it depends on what perspective. I think there again, I think every side of it has a point and, you know, uh, one of those, you're never going to find a solution where everybody's happy, I guess. Um, but I think they can come to some co- common middle ground, you know, however it mm-hmm. be of, of, say, taking that TV package deal of, yeah, maybe the tracks do need to go get a little bit more of a percentage. Now, there again, argument is, well, okay, after the race, they have other ways they can make um, make money hosting different events or different uh, activities there. Uh, teams are saying, yeah, we can get the sponsorship money, but then we have to provide certain things to the sponsors, which is why our drivers aren't available to the fans because they're at sponsorship uh, locations. So, uh, you know, kind of a vicious circle, if you will, um, try and meet all needs and make everybody happy. But I think NASCAR does a good job as well as team owners and drivers. We've seen that of what we've yep. seen with uh, fan zones, um, driver appearances, uh, again, I, I think about like the neon garages to try and balance that. And, you know, I talk about this um, all the time. It's always finding that balance. Uh, you know, you're never necessarily going to get it right in the middle where it's equal, but finding a good common middle ground. And I, you're right, Sharon. I, I think if Denny wants to be in a leadership role, it's a matter of how you lead and present things. And I don't think right now he is necessarily always presenting his case in the most effective way. Um, so I think you're right. I think maybe somebody may, maybe needs to coach him a little bit on that, um, on presenting it and, and being more effective than in that leadership role and having his uh, opinion or input be really heard and validated versus chalking it up to, okay, there's another one. And we've seen it in the past from Kyle Bush, uh, you know, uh, so I think he's kind of gone that direction instead of the other way. Um, you know, Kevin Harvick's another one I think of, of, yeah, he occasionally gets on, whether it be, have been his radio show or, or social media, but not to the same aspect. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really, I think he just presents his in a different way. And like you said, with it, I think he has shown and given suggestions as far as solutions. You know, when he talked about it, 
talk about the all-star race, I think it was. He gave some solutions or options to what they could do and how to make it work, not just, hey, this is wrong, fix it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I agree with you. <laughs> um, do we have time for another topic here? I can't see. Oh, we still got Yeah, we do. Okay. So, Tommy, do you want to bring up another topic? Well, Bristle Dirt's coming up, so I guess we could go with Joey Logano doing the trucks. Okay. Uh, Jay? Well, and I know uh, Mike put this one – well, maybe he didn't put this one up. Um, he had the one up about Coda. We saw that uh, at Coda, several drivers um, doing the Xfinity and truck races there. Uh, again, I find it funny that depending on who you are, who your favorite is or your opinion is, you have a different take on it. We always see if Kyle Busch is running in another series, everybody's up in arms about it. I don't see people screaming about Joey Logano doing the dirt track at uh, Bristol in a truck. Um, <laughs> there's good and bad. Yeah, you don't want to see top guys coming down dominating, uh, which is kind of what we saw from Kyle Busch. Um, so I get that, but also there are benefits to it. They, for the Bristol dirt, uh, this is what year number two for that. We saw other drivers do it. Matt Crafton, um, and he actually went so far as to then pick up a modified. It improves their, their skill set. So when they do race in their primary uh, situation, Joey Logano for the Cup Series, obviously at this point, going to put on a better show although he won last year, so I don't know how he's going to put on a better show. But, uh, you know, you follow what I'm saying. What I don't like to see, and this is, is going to be towards Mike, he didn't think or he pointed out that Bubba Wallace was on the list for Coda and the Xfinity, saying that I guess he, he needs more seat time because he's not good at it. Uh, those are my words of what Mike put. Uh, I don't remember how he had it listed. And, yeah, Bubba Wallace admitted it. it's not his strong suit, so yes. But it also provided the opportunity for that team, which is running full-time, but not with one driver. They need to fill a spot. The sponsorship, Dr. Pepper got back involved um, as a full primary sponsorship. And there are the other sides. There are fans that then got to see him in the Xfinity Series. And he did a good job, put on a good show. So (laughs) I just don't like to see it where when one driver does it, Chase Elliott's in another race, no matter what it is, Fans are excited. He's the fan favorite. Kyle Busch does it. Oh, he's coming down and cherry picking and this and that. That's where I get frustrated is, uh, you know, don't pick and choose a who you want to see because that's, that's not fair to the, dri- the other drivers. You know, they have their fans too. And, you know, like I said, in the case of Bubba Wallace, he said it, I need more seat time. But there are also ones, other ones that did it for the same reason. Alex Bowman in the truck series. You know, he did exactly. it. And, Helped helped out that team. You know, some of it they go to teams that need a top driver insight and input for the team, and it benefits them long term. When they get a full time driver, uh, up and coming driver, following that, they're in a better position to run competitively. So, uh, look at the benefits to it. Yeah, I don't think we've heard as much about Kyle Busch in more recent years as we have in the past since they limited him to just five races. I think we've heard that less. It's a good solution. Uh, But uh, uh, 
I do think, of, and these guys are not the only drivers that are doing that. Uh, there's, a, and you brought up a lot of examples of other drivers uh, that are getting the seat time to improve their skills, or they're getting the seat time to uh, fulfill a sponsor commitment. Uh, there's a lot of different reasons why uh, they're filling that seat in order to maybe encourage different fans to come uh, to the racetrack, uh, not just for the Cup race, but for all three series. Um, and and uh, I think Joy Logano is looking to get more experience on the dirt, uh, especially at Bristol. And if he can drive a truck uh, and maybe learn a few things from the truck, it, it's going to be different because the trucks are just so different uh, from the uh, cup cars. Uh, and there's not an aerodynamic uh, difference as much as some other tracks. But... Um, I, I, I think just the how do you handle the truck or how do you handle the car under these dirt conditions and with the banking, that's always been the thing about uh, the Bristol dirt track is that there is some banking that goes along with that. So uh, I, I just don't think he's the only one that's doing it. Uh, I agree that fans shouldn't be complaining about Kyle Busch either. Uh, but I think that that has kind of died down a little bit. And I like seeing the other drivers coming to the other series and uh, uh, race against them. And guess what? The drivers like it too. Uh, to have a chance to race with Joey Logano and follow him on the track and to learn from him, that's a positive for a lot of those drivers. And if they get the chance to beat him on the track, they love it. So. I, I think it's a, it's a positive all the way around. Tommy? I'm actually excited to see Joey in the trucks. I don't, I'm sure that maybe he was in the trucks before he was in the Xfinity and Cup Series way back in like 2010, but I don't think I've seen him in the trucks. So excited for that. Uh, Joey's not really my driver, um, but um, there are going to be some other people that are going to be in the dirt race too. He's just one of the first ones announced, but last year there was a ton. Uh, Truex won the dirt in the truck series last year. Um, what I remember. And uh, he was, he dominated. He did really good. Um, but uh, I'm excited to see some of these other people like um, uh, Stuart Friesen's wife. I think she's going to do it again. Or maybe she didn't make it last year. So hopefully this year she makes it. And um, I wonder who else is going to be in it. Like I said, I'm sure there's going to be some others to be announced. I think Ryan Newman entered last year. Oh, I know what happened. I think it rained during qualifying or something, so they didn't do the heat trials or something maybe for the trucks. That's, that and was it, people, yeah. And a lot of people didn't get the opportunity. So um, I'm excited to see who else is going to do it. Like I said, Joey's just the first one, and now um, Stuart Friesen's wife. So there's going to be more to follow with that. And uh, I kind of have to agree with Jay, too, on the, um, like, when certain drivers come up and people boo-hoo about it. But um, these guys want to race with um, Kyle Busch and Martin Truex and Joey Logano. They want them on the track because it helps them um, in the long run. I mean, Junior has said on his podcast before that Mark Martin and Joe Nemechek tore it up in the Xfinity Series in the 90s, and that's what made him and Matt Kenseth better 
was getting beat by them every weekend. And, um, you know, I, I don't remember, but I have a lot of the die cast of those cars. So I really remember 2001 and up. But I do know in the Xfinity series that I remember Carl Edwards and Brad Keselowski competing full-time while competing full-time in Cup and Kyle Busch. And they won a lot of the races. So I do, I do get the part about them dominating in two series, maybe limiting them. But either way, it does improve the competition overall. Yes. Jay? Well, I got two things, and you both, each one of you hit on one of them. Sharon, you started with talking about, and I think that's the biggest factor, the other drivers like it. If, if you got a top star that comes down races with you and you get to learn from them, talk to them in the garage area, uh, you know, be in the garage area and just talk to them, um, in the garage area, follow them on the track. These other drivers absolutely love it. And then, like you mentioned, if you happen to be able to go out there, race with them, beat them, uh, most certainly. And, and I think of, of ones now, I think about think about Ross Chastain. A few years back, uh, to start the oh, season, yeah. he raced in every race in all three series as far into the season as he could. Uh, not even being declared for a championship. That was when NASCAR had, before they had implemented that. But look, and look at where he's at now. He's a cup winner, okay? So that's one aspect to it. And the other I hadn't really thought about is it helps the overall benefit. We're talking about Joey running in the truck. If there's things he sees with the trucks, uh, with the track from the truck, talks to NASCAR. And that's where I think the, I know with the Char- Charlotte Roval and Coda now, the turtle issue. Okay, we see it in the other series, and sometimes it takes the the cup drivers, the top drivers, to notice these things because the younger guys don't necessarily know any better, and that's nothing bad on them, that then they can make improvements uh, to the the Xfinity race, to the cup race, and into the following years. So it benefits the track, the setup on that. Um, The other thing then, I lost my second one. That was Sharon talking about the drivers that being a benefit. Trying to think what I what I had picked up from Tommy that I was going to mention. Give me a second while I get my train of thought back. But uh, there are just so many so many benefits to it. I think the fans benefit benefit to it um, from getting to see see that. Oh, I know one thing. I was going to go back to Tommy. I think uh, talking about maybe ways to improve the at track. Going back to the last time. You talked about it, county fairs hosting a race. And I know a lot of times it used to be done with the ARCA series, at least in Minnesota, that was during the state fair. So, I mean, there's something to think about. Um, could be interesting. But I can't think of my other thought right now, so I'll have to, uh, to let it go. Uh, maybe it'll come back uh, here before we wrap up. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't have much to add. I, I just think that, uh it's a it's a positive all the way around uh i don't really see anybody complaining about these guys at this point and like i said i don't really even see people complaining about kyle bush anymore like they used to oh, um there was there was sharon can i jump in there real quick sure sure that that's what tommy hit on of talking about carl edwards and kyle bush back in the day and running for championships and you had kind of hit on it too Yes, they went with that, implementing a limit to it. There it goes back to what we said in the previous one, finding a balance. 
Um, I know Kyle Busch still says he needs a couple more trucks to provide sponsorship deals, but they found a balance. That, that is what it was. Thank you. Um, and, you know, Kyle Busch has made the decision for Xfinity he's done right now. But we do see that NASCAR did limit it, and again, finding that balance. So uh, there again, that rotation then, Joe Gibbs had to fill that seat. We're going to see Christopher Bell and I think Denny Hamlin as well as Bubba Wallace from 2311. Um, but so they heard that. It was voiced um, in a constructive way uh, to some degree or for some fans. Some of it was in a negative way, but they, they, <laughs> they heard that and made an adjustment. So there again, I, I think that was good on them. And that was the one that I, I felt I'd heard from Tommy that I wanted to hit on. So thank you for reminding me. Okay. Tommy, you can go ahead because, like I said, I really don't have too much to add. I'm just excited to see the other guys that are going to be announced to compete in the truck series uh, for the dirt in the in two weeks, I think, because I think they go to Richmond next week. So two weeks from now, Um and I was going to add that last year, I feel like Ryan Newman entered, but he didn't get a chance to qualify. So maybe he'll get a chance again, and we'll see him in the truck series. Or um, I wonder who else. Uh, I'm sure that – I feel like Bubba entered last year. I'm sure he'll re-enter. I'm sure we'll see some other Cup guys enter. I'm just thinking of some that would do it. Oh, Harrison Burton would be a good one because he, mm-hmm. he hasn't raced there yet. Um. I've enjoyed Alex Bowman. Yeah, Alex Bowman. Suarez, he he did really good last year. Um, Eric Almirola wrecked on, like, the first or second lap, so I'm sure he's ready to be back. Um, But, yeah, I'm ready for the dirt race. Um, The schedule the next four weeks is awesome. It's Richmond, Bristol Dirt, or no, Martinsville, Bristol Dirt, and then Talladega. So Bristol Dirt is actually three weeks away. But either way, Three short tracks, one of them dirt and a super speedway. Um, April's a great month for some racing. <laughs> I certainly have. Okay. Uh, can we get a quick one in, Jay? Yeah, well, I think we can uh, here and just go one round with it if you want. Um, I know you're going to have to scroll a ways up the chart, but kind of a revisit to a topic, the Chicago street racer, not necessarily Chicago, but a street race in NASCAR. The new thing that came out is I saw where Rick Hendrick is advocating for it. So uh, you have somebody influential pushing for it. Do we see it happening now sooner rather than later with Rick Hendrick being one saying, Hey, I think it should happen. Okay. Tommy. Uh, I feel like I saw already earlier this year on Reddit or Twitter. So, you know, the information is what it is. And I don't know who I saw it from. But I think that they are seriously considering adding a a street race for either next year or the next year. So I do feel like there is going to be one to come. And Chicago does make the most sense since Chicagoland used to be um, a race out there and they no longer – I haven't gone there in two or three years now. So it only makes sense, and um, I can definitely see it happen happening. I think another great one to consider would be, you know, New York City maybe. Um, F1's going to do Las Vegas, but, well, NASCAR already goes to Vegas, so I don't know about that one. Um, 
so right now my mind is only running on New York and um and Chicago. So either way, New York City, Chicago, that that would be interesting. And I think you know if it's a road course, we've seen good road course racing. So I don't see why a street car wouldn't or a street race with the next gen car wouldn't be good. So far, I feel like it's been a, a pretty good season. Okay. Um, yeah, I know Rick Hendrick has said, did he say um, Chicago specifically? I, I don't know that. It, that's kind of just been the hot area where it seems to be the target. Um, he just said a street course in general. Okay. Yeah, I, I I know just this week, too, we saw the news that they've got the for sale sign up over by Chicagoland Speedway, and it's such a shame. It's such a good facility, uh, and to let it just kind of go for sale to be torn down and industrial park put in there, it just breaks my heart. Um, but uh, as far as the street course race, um, I, I think it's an interesting concept. I, I just don't know exactly how they're going to keep the fans safe in that situation. Um, because, as you know, these guys can go pretty darn fast. I I, I don't know. I, I think it's a good idea. Uh, they tried it with the iRacing, and it seemed to go pretty well with the iRacing. Now Rick Hendrick is coming on board saying that he thinks it's a good idea. Uh, it's just a matter of uh, time, I guess. We'll have to see if they end up actually doing it, but. Uh, I, I I guess I'm lukewarm on it in Chicago. Uh, I'd almost wish it somewhere else rather than Chicago. Um, and it's just because, and I know that if you do Lakeshore Drive, I guess I see some opportunities for setting up uh, grandstands, if you will, so that fans can watch uh, uh, some of the racing along there. I just don't know where they would do it. Lakeshore Drive seems like the logical place, but um, it, it, it's going to be interesting to see how they pull this off. All right. I know we're, we're coming up on time, so I'll try and make some quick points. And, and we have talked about it before. Sharon, you use the, the lukewarm and having concerns, and, and that's where I fall in. I like the fact that NASCAR is thinking outside the box. They got it on iRacing, mm-hmm. so they are uh, testing it and looking into it. The, the new car, the next-gen car, set up better for road course. We've seen it uh, on the Coda, which we thought we had concerns about that being a tight track, whether they could make it work. So I'm not against it, but I do have some concerns with it. Now, when it comes to that, like I said, I like that they're thinking outside the box. The only other drawback is we've got seven now road courses. Yes, they're exciting, but we don't want to see a road course series Either we already have that with the uh, IMSA WeatherTech series, so uh, finding balance. Um, are we at too many already, or just the right amount? Careful about getting too many. Um, could be a special event like the All Star Race or something like that. As far as the where, you know, and this is where Sharon, you talked about it, the, how the fans get involved, the logistics of it. Uh, you know, that all comes into play. So if they're going to do it, I hope they put some serious consideration to it into it. And, yes, just like the Coliseum, I mentioned the Coliseum, the dirt track at, at Bristol, it may take a year or two, first year, find the, find the kinks and the issues, work them out. 
willing to give it the benefit of the doubt, uh, but I do have reservations, if you will. Um, so we'll see. But I do think the fact that that Mr. Hendrick has now put his two cents or <laughs> two million, whatever he's got invested in it, um, there's a lot of smoke. It seems to be more of a fire now. I think we will see it, whether it's in 2023 or down the road. I think we will see it. Okay. Tommy, any follow-up? I think we'll see it, too. And um, I think it will be uh, very interesting and exciting because it will be something different. Yeah. I, I uh, am not against it, either. I just want to put that out there, too. Uh, I'm not against it, and if it happens, I'll be excited for it, but uh, I'm just a little concerned for the fans or how it all is going to work logistically. Um, Anyway, uh, Jay, any final comment? Well, uh, not on that necessarily, but uh, you you hit on something there of the the for sale sign. So since it is the... uh, Jay Hoosman Cup, and I got, I think, Mike as director of production. I don't remember Andy's role. Uh, that leaves it up to it becoming fan for racing speedway. I'm just saying. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago land fans for racing. I love it. I like okay. it. I, li- I like the sound of that. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, we are coming up to our roundtable here, so Tommy, we'll start with you on the roundtable. 95 fan on Twitter. Uh, give me a follow. I'll eventually uh, tweet my opinions one day. <laughs> okay. Uh, Jay? You can follow me, uh, Michael Hoosman, on Facebook, MoparMJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'll talk a little bit more Thursday. Uh did Jackson Motor Speedway, your Capital City Raceway, this past weekend. Got a big race coming up there. Uh, Sharon, we talked about it on Thursday nights. I'm sure we will some more this week. So a lot of racing, especially now we're getting into a little bit warmer weather. Um, can move a little further north, if you will, as some other tracks start uh, opening up as well to the north. So uh, excited about the race season, both at the dirt track and local level, as well as all the way up through NASCAR. Tom, you mentioned it. Schedule coming up, Richmond, Martinsville. Some great tracks and racing coming up as well. Yes, indeed. I know uh, I've got tickets for Gateway. We were not approved for the uh, media center at Gateway due to space considerations. Um, We also didn't get approved for uh, the Long Beach Grand Prix, which we have been approved for in the past. Uh, again, for space consideration. So um, I'll be going to the Gateway Race, if anybody has any interest in that. Um, but anyway, um, I am um, Fan for Racing site on Twitter, Fan for Racing blog and radio everywhere else, including fanforracing.com. And uh, we've got the recaps up from the weekend of racing. Um and I think Owen's going to get back into doing the power ranking. When the site was down there, he was doing them. Uh, but unfortunately, I couldn't get them posted. So uh, hopefully we'll get back to that. And then um, uh, we did have Ken Rice back on the show tonight. He was on last week. Uh, and back again tonight because he won out at Irwindale Speedway in the Arca West. 
and uh, we talked to him about that and then also kind of looked ahead to some of the other tracks. He'll be racing uh, this weekend in the SRL uh, Pro Series uh, this weekend at Kern County Raceway, and it just so happens that in April they're racing at Kern County in America West. So we had some interesting conversation with him about that. Um, so if you haven't heard that, you want to go back and listen to that during the second, during the third half hour of tonight's show. Um, and then a shout out to you guys for uh, being here. Well, I really appreciate Tommy when you're able to kind of fill in for us when uh, either Mike or Andy has to go to work and you're able to come on and, and kind of take a seat and, we're always interested in hearing your perspectives, so thank you for that. And, of course, Jay, for all that you do as well. And I am looking forward to the preview Thursday night uh, when we preview the races coming up at Richmond Raceway. And so uh, with that, guys, I guess we're ready to call it a night here. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.